podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. my fine feathered friends and welcome to episode 391 of film a bastards my name is ian loring and as always i am joined by becky foster hello everyone i'm matt foster hello everybody hello hello indeed hope everybody is safe and well uh coming up on this week's show we have got quite the double header we have got the netflix uh jackass people produced hidden camera comedy but with a fictional narrative bad trip and we've got a retro review i believe becky's first time watching it is indeed mr police you could have saved her i gave you all the snowman yes 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 it is the snowman the snowman has returned this this time he's got two faces I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I forgot about He's got that. the face the one way. He's got the face the other way. My God, my God. So levels. <laughs> yes, they are. There's the one actual face, and then the face on the on the the torso. <laughs> it's uh, it's like it's like Quato on Total Recall. <laughs> yeah. And just I know we're not talking about the snowman yet, but just to like fully address this point now. What was his thinking behind that? Just like, I fucking have to do a snowman. And I know that she is not going to walk this side of the snowman. So I can do this. Was yeah. he just in a hurry? Hedging his bets. <laughs> Incredible. I, ha- Incredible. I haven't quite worked out which way. If she's walking, it's this way. If she's by car, it's this side. <laughs> just amazing. Uh, amazing scenes. We will get Maybe. to the snowman. Maybe, just very lastly on that, maybe they all had two faces. It was just that that was the only one we saw the both, both sides of. Maybe it is. Maybe. Fuck. <laughs> well. That's something to ponder. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, we're also going to have, uh, I, I believe, an absolute shit ton of what we watched again. Um, we've got, like, there's a lot of trailers. There is some trailers, yeah. Uh, we got some Twitter questions. Uh, it is a busy one, so uh, we are uh, we are dot com. Uh, check out the 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 site for more uh, podcast uh, family. Uh, Chinstroker vs Punter, the Iron sequel, his film, her movie, uh, Entertainment Landfill, Beyond the Neon, etc. etc. Uh, the rewatch project. Um, and uh patreon.com forward slash film bastards for usually longer shows this one's not a uh a patron edit this week because we've um started a little bit later than we usually do um 
but they are usually longer shows and you've got some other bonus stuff as well. And um, his film, her movies, Jordan McGrath said, have you ever thought about uh, putting up the price? Because I'd pay for it. So there's a recommendation. No, we're not going to put up the price, but Jordan would pay more. If Jordan wants to give us money, more money, he's welcome to. (laughs) Jordan's a smart man. He is. He is. He, he, he knows his onions. Um, so yes, let's get on with it. So news, uh, apparently the UK is not inherently racist. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, um, apparently according to institutions, there is no institutional racism. I mean, it feels like they've got skin in the game there, doesn't it? You it be, does. you, you be quiet. I, I don't see a flag behind you, Becky. How dare you? <laughs> anyway. God, um, the flag thing. What the actual fuck? It, it's all a distraction. It's yep. all a culture war that they're trying to set up because they don't want people asking other questions. They just want people going mad on social media about flags, whether they're for or against flags, so that people aren't asking other things. Anyway. Well done, UK. For not joking. being racist. Yeah, well done. Uh, I I am of course joking. It's fucking horrific. Uh, that I, I yeah I don't know. It's like Hannibal Lecter publishes r- reports proving he's not cannibal. You know I it, yeah anyway. Um. Uh, God, sorry. Where do I go from there? Uh, I, that, that was uh, kind of off the cuff and I've um, kind of killed my momentum. Uh, here we go. So um, Army Hammer has been uh, dropped from another project and there's been some scuttlebutt about what the fuck's going to happen with Death on the Nile. <laughs> can, can, you imagine, can you imagine the promoters going, right, so we've got to work around Death on the Nile and West Side Story. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, ah, uh, the, the funniest thing about Death on the Nile is that it would have come out earlier, but Disney made Kenneth Branagh go back to Artemis Fowl to try and fix it. Which, which, which God, of course, works out in the end. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah, so apparently um, he's he's almost the male lead of the film uh uh, according to reports um and it seems like straight up christopher plumbing plumbering him is probably a non-starter so you know what do they do i think what's going to happen is it will come out in february next year army hammer will be in it and there will be statements condoning him and we'll move on yeah, I I I I think I I think that will be it. it I think it, it, it literally it literally will be. You know, there's other people in this movie. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I honestly, I think them moving it from December so they didn't have to deal with West Side Story and this in the same fucking month is uh, it, it was probably a sensible decision. Yeah. Hey, just go, go. what do you want to do for Valentine's Day? I want to go and watch a rapist cannibal movie. Allegedly. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we talked about it at, um, at the time. You know, I was like reading out the texts and, you know, we were just like, you know, don't kink shame. 
it does seem to be more than that now, you know, um, and other evidence has come to light. So new shit has come to light. <laughs> new shit has indeed come to light. And obviously we, we don't condone that. But if it was just weird kink cannibal texts, it was you do you. Yeah. Now it's not. So there you go. If it's weird kinky being a cannibal, then that, that takes it to another level, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. Oh, there's, there's a lot of minutiae involved in that as well, though. <laughs> as as King Shark, my new best friend, would say, num num. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear, indeed. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. This it, it kind of seems to be a little quiet at the moment. I think you know it kind of feels like everybody's in a holding pattern, just seeing if cinemas do reopen. And then what happens from there? Um, I mean, L.A. is going to be allowed to have 50 percent capacity in cinemas up from 25 percent ready for Godzilla versus Kong on Friday. And uh, word is that it is virtually impossible to get a ticket for that film this weekend. Mm, mm. It's looking to do like uh, maybe uh, upwards of 30 million dollars um, on its opening weekend, which is great news. Uh, considering that fucking thing is on HBO Max in the US as well. Amazing. It did, I think, $120 million uh, worldwide last weekend, uh, yeah. mainly thanks to China. 125 mil, I think. 122 million, I think it did. Mm. Over double the, the previous COVID best, which was Tenet, which did about 55 million. Um, so it, you know, it feels like, you know, if if you screen it, they will come. You know, uh, yeah. very comforting. Um, also, Mortal Kombat got pushed back a week in the a US. Week. Yeah. Um, and it's like that's then only about three weeks before like cinemas open here. If Mortal Kombat is out the day cinemas are open, I'll probably just wait and go and see it in the cinema. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm at that, that at that stage. If when that comes out. Uh, on HBO Max and it is, it is there um, to watch at home if if it's already booking at cinemas yeah. I'll be looking at it going I mean it, it's not a movie that I need to watch now I'd happily wait a few more weeks to kind of go and watch that in a cinema I fucking need that film but I kind of need it on a big screen and preferably with a beer. So we we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about trailers. Um, I suppose actually it's probably a good segue into trailers. Yeah. Um, Cause we've got two, which are both. So, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a couple of trailers for films that are both going to be out in the U S I think spiral is out May 14th. Yep. Pardon me. And uh, uh, Wrath of Man is out on the 7th. Yeah. C- cinemas are due to open here on the 17th, touch wood. So there is a decent chance that they will come out the day cinemas open. Um, and frankly, if them and Mortal Kombat are all out that day... I'd be very tempted to take a half day off work and triple bill it. Well, we're actually 
we actually go on holiday that day, don't we? So I think we're going to try and go in the morning, aren't we? Yes. You want but, to try and fit two films in before we set off, don't you? Yes. <laughs> if it was so, you know, judging by the marketing and whatnot so far, if it was two of those three, what do you go for? Spiral and Wrath of Man. What are mm. the three, sorry? Spiral, Wrath of Man and Mortal Kombat. I'd go Spiral and Mortal Kombat, to be fair. Yeah, but I really like the trail for Wrath of Man. It's yeah. marked me. It is, yeah. I, w- I was more taken with the use of the weirdy version of Folsom Prison in in the trailer. But it's a good trailer. The, 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 the Wrath of Man trailer, I don't know, it's... it's I think there's going to be a lot more Guy Ritchie in the film than this trailer kind of almost seems to be making out. Um, It kind of looks like any of the action directors Statham's been working with for the last few years could have done this one, judging by the trailer. Um, But I I, I mean, I very much want to see the film, don't get me wrong, and I I like the trailer, but I I don't know. I would have liked a little bit of fast cutting, maybe a bit of comedy and whatnot, because this makes it look like yeah, rap of man. Man is out for vengeance for 90 minutes. And that's fine. But I'd want me some Guy Ritchieisms in there as well. I reckon you'll get that in trailer too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. I mean, whether we'll get a trailer too, I think is going to be key because we're what about five weeks out from it coming out in in the u.s now five six weeks yeah i think i think it'll ramp up in the next few weeks yeah that'll be interesting i think, I think they'll, they'll wanna they'll they'll what they'll do with it there's no point in playing a long game with these uh with the marketing for these movies they want to sure. get it they want to get it in people's head look this is happening now you can go and see it in like a couple of weeks time go 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 now go now and that, that's what they want to do because they want to then move on to the next fucking one and the next one isn't Six weeks away, it's seven days away. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And forward marketing has not proved to be anybody's friend over the last year, has it? Because dates have shifted exactly, and, yeah. and parameters have changed. So, yeah, the, I think the idea of us getting trailers uh, for things eight months in advance at the moment will be a little bit, will still be held back a little bit. I have to admit, I'm still a bit squirrely about whether I think cinemas will actually reopen on the 17th of May. Uh, I think they will. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't see a reason why they won't now. I mean, yeah, I, it's the numbers. I mean, the the amount of daily cases is pretty much like remains steady, but the people in hospital continues to go down. Like that's that's the super super key thing to it all. It. I think a lot of it has to depend on how the next few weeks go. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we do get hit by this third wave from Europe, I think I think dates could slip. The the thing with that is just the fact that we've got so many more people jabbed over here. Um, you know, the cases could rise, but the thing is, the cases could rise. But if the hospitalizations don't go up that much, they'll they'll proceed. They can't. Like, I I mean, for the Tories, it would not be political suicide because they're fucking Teflon at the moment. Mm. But cracks would start appearing 
if even with this cautious but irreversible lockdown, it still doesn't work. Um, there's there is no way they're shifted any of these dates apart from possibly the June 21st one. The June 21st one is definitely the that was fucking ballsy that you said that anyway. What are you want about? I want to go clubbing, Mark. Cool. You can go on your own. <laughs> there's, 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 I mean, this clubbing just fills me with it. Not, 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 not even, not even COVID related. The thought of going clubbing. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the, the wiener dog here, Mark Drakeford. I mean, like he's been very. June's really way too optimistic. We're not, we're not giving that fucking date. No way. But, um. I was like a, sl- a slight tangent. Previously, cinemas in Wales were just lumped in with hospitality in general. So like pubs and restaurants and whatnot. And I was worried because he was saying like that we're not giving any dates for indoor hospitality. However, now they've been moved into entertainment venues along with like bowling alleys and casinos and whatnot. And uh, they can reopen at COVID alert level two here. And we're in free now. So, like, I, I you know, I, I was concerned about that because it would have been fucking infuriating if I had to Wonder Woman it over to Bristol again just to go see a film. I would do it. Like, I would, like, probably take the day off work and just see free in a day. But I, I it looks but like it, I'm... Pro- but, but, it, but it wouldn't be like you could just go, fuck it, I'm going to go to the cinema tonight. I mean, this is the thing. It's like the Cineworld's been closed since October, but the showcase, which is only like a 10 minute drive away from me, was like open whenever it could be open. So, um, yeah, I've got I've got options there. But then again, the Cineworld's going to be open like everywhere as soon as it can. Anyway, they must be fucking burning money at the moment for how long they've been closed for. Yeah. So what, what, what is going to be funny is to see how they do the Cineworld cards, the unlimited cards, because yeah. like. A lot of people, they've been closed effectively. A lot of people's cards will have just fucking run out. <laughs> they'll just they'll just extend it again like they did when they um, reopened back in August. Um, I think I had a new expiration date of like April 22 or something like that. I wasn't very far into my, um, my re-upping. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'll be sorted until probably... No, that can't be right. No, it wasn't April. Maybe it was January. I think it was January. So now I think I'll probably be good till like April, May or so. I don't know. But um, it's funny. I was looking at my um, I, I, I bought shares in Cineworld when they were cratering. Um, and I, I, I showed this on the boy text the other day. But for Becky's benefit, um, I invested like 20 quid and the shares are currently worth about 75. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's like. I want them to reach a point where I could also get an Odeon Limitless for a year. <laughs> yeah. And then like I can just IMAX, like fake IMAX it up whenever the fuck I want as well. So uh, so yeah, I'm gonna sell Cineworld shares to buy an Odeon card. That's the uh, that's the plan. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Ratha Man, looking forward to it let's see let's see what happens um spiral um it's interesting they're not really going for the horror here it's more the 
Chris Rock sh- exasperatingly shouting in a police station. Yeah, I'm kind, kind of here for it, though. Yeah, they're going for my over like a procedural thing, aren't they? Mm. I think they're wanting to... I think it's a little bit like they go, look, we know we're going to get the horror Saw fans going to see this because they're going to be intrigued by it. Mm. So we don't get those. What we want is we want other people. What we want is we we want the people who who usually wouldn't go and watch a horror movie to come and watch this movie. Mm. I think it's going to be more thriller horror rather than horror thriller. Prediction right now, based on... It's going to be one of two things. Max Minghella is the killer or Chris Rock is the killer. I don't think it's Chris Rock. I think it's Max Minghella. It'd be fucking boring if that is the case. But he just like, there's a couple of looks that he gives in that trailer and it's a bit... I, I, I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing just Max Minghella in things again because I actually quite like him as a screen presence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, same, same. Um, but yeah, I um, it, it'll be interesting. It feels like they know they're going to get an R in the US, but could they get away with a 15 over here and kind of like less restrictive ratings in, like than R in other countries and whatnot? And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's cool that Darren Lynn Boozman's directing it. You know, like Chris Rock was like, I'm not, I'm not going to like just go, this is my saw now, fuck off you know how to make these films. Let's make a film. That's it, yeah. It, 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 it would have been weird if Chris Rock had tried to direct it. I think he knows maybe his limitations on this. Mm. But I do I do want to get a rewatch of Top 5 in at some point. I thought I quite I quite enjoyed that. You, you guys ever seen that? Top 5, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um... Okay. Um there there is a biggie, but I'll um I, I won't get to that just yet. Um so the artist formerly known as Connected, uh the Mitchells versus the Machines, I think it's called, Netflix animation, uh, which is coming out April thirtieth. Uh, oh yeah. I um, get to this one. What's it look like? It looks like a laugh. There's a, a Furby, uh, like saying, and like in subtitles, like something like "embrace the dark master" before uh, attacking people. You know, it's uh, yeah. Why not? It, it looks like the kind of thing that I will actually successfully get lots to sit down for an hour and a half and watch. So um, I'm I'm game for it. Um, and good on Sony for selling some stuff and making some bank um awful fucking trailer this one um shoplifters of the world oh yes um it's it's a little bit like like america hasn't quite got the memo about morrissey yet mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it's sort of like they've gone oh with all of these what is it with all of like the, these music inspired movies what if we did one about the smiths because they were really important to me when i was growing up because you know i grew up on movies like pretty in pink and breakfast club and, um, and all of these other mo- movies and you know it was british pop bands like a really big thing to me and going, oh yeah let's do that and then they made it and you can have those one brit in the room going 
So I fucking tell them. Should I tell them that every Smiths fan in the UK is going to go, oh, no. Just no. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the thing is, I love the Smiths. Mm, mm. And, and, and I feel sorry for Johnny Marr and the rest of them <laughs> because Morris is a prick. <laughs> it, it's gutting, isn't it? It's, it, it really is. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like maybe there's a tw- maybe there's a twist in here where it's I don't know. They time travel to the future and discovery's awful or something, and then they. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it, it, it's just a terrible trailer as it's well. A uh, trailer as well. I, I I think I messaged you you when you messaged it and said it's it's a little bit like it, it it's hipster airheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I don't know whether they're taking the piss or not. I kind of thought it might actually be a parody, but apparently it's not. It's not, no. But the thing is, I am absolutely curious enough to go watch it. <laughs> I'm not sure I am. I yeah, I mean, good on you. I mean, to be fair, if you said to me, Ian, you could go to the cinema tonight, but the only thing playing is shoplifters of the world. I'd be yeah, all right then. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those. It's the thing is, it you look at it going. It's either going to be ninety-two minutes or inexplicably a hundred and thirty-two minutes long. <laughs> oh god, it's going to be one of those. Uh, yeah, I, I just it trailer looks like it tells the entire story. There are these two. Pauses you know in it's mm. 90 minutes long. Oh, there you go. Um, there's there's two pauses in the trailer while it just does this like one shot as a Smith song plays, and it's just what are you doing? We get it. There's going to be a lot of Smiths music in this. You don't need to pause the trailer for 10 seconds to show a shot of someone walking. No. What's Joe Maginelli doing in this? Yeah, I mean, I mean well, he, there's some rare D&D shit he wants to buy off eBay. I don't know. <laughs> when he came up on screen, it was literally like, he needs some fucking D&D stuff, don't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not dragging D&D fans. You know, it's just it seems to be what he's been doing during lockdown and fair play to the guy. You know, everybody's you know, got to have their ways of staying sane. Oh, man, um, yeah. I, I, I've watched some YouTube bits of him talking about it. And it's honestly, it's fascinating how fucking into it he is. Passionate, And how yeah. much he's just like, yeah, it's this, it's this. And you're watching it going, do you know what? Literally, hearing anybody talk about something they are really passionate about, unless it's something just fucking weird, then it's it, it's fascinating. I find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah, quite. No, I, I, I absolutely. Like I say, not many to drag D and D fans and whatnot. You know, I mean, like it, it just it, it made me laugh. It was it was like he was looking on eBay. It was like that's a bit of a spicy meatball for whatever. And then the call came in from his agent, and he was like, "Can I have the money in advance? Yeah, they'll they'll send it to you right now if you want. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Instead, could I just send you a link? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, here's here's my Venmo. <laughs> oh, can I see it now? Yep. Okay, I've got it. Right. What's what's the film called? You know, it's, uh, and it's about it's about who? The Smith. Cool. Cool. Will Smith's in it. Brilliant. Cool. And he's turned up and just gone. Oh. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, wow, we. I'll be in my trailer. Be what? Not this. <laughs> um, right, we can uh, we continue on with more trailers. Um, the Rebecca Hall one, whose name escapes me, the something house. I want to say the dark house. Oh yes, the, uh, the night house. The night house. Yes. Um, so this were played Sundance. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Searchlight film. Um, looks creepy. Glad to see Rebecca Hall again. How we came to the point of going? Why is Rebecca Hall in these in this stuff? Why? I mean, the thing is, she's directed a film as well, which I believe sold to Netflix. So I I, I think it, it is just a, you know, to fund the other shit I want to do. I mean, that, yeah, and if that's it, brilliant. Um, because because a, a Rebecca Hall directed movie is interesting. Oh, she's an executive producer on this as well. So maybe it's just that. Yeah, there, there you go. It's like, you know, we'll, we'll give you a decent wage. We'll give you an executive producer credit, you know. And it's directed by David uh, Bruckner, who uh, directed a section of VHS 2 and uh, The Ritual, uh, which um, like a British horror oh, film that came yeah. out a couple of years back. Remember it being not bad. Yeah, I think I remember you talking about. It. I think you, you you quite enjoyed it actually. You were, I think you said that you were quite surprised at how interesting it actually was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what did you guys think of this? I, I, I'll watch this in a cinema, no problem. I watched it. And I, I actually like the look of it. You, you did you watch it? I've no. not seen this. Movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I yeah. You see, if I get to see that in the cinema on like a a Thursday night or something like that, I'll be well happy. <laughs> yeah quite quite it's one, of, it's one of those it's if it's the only thing out that week i'll be a little bit like oh, there's something else out but it isn't it's going to be the other cinema trip we do that week yeah yeah it feel, feels like one i want to double bill with something yeah, yeah. You, you kind of you're going to want to come out of something a bit more bombastic grab and, and go into that and then go yeah. back in yeah 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 yeah, that's the that's the vibe I'm getting with this. So uh, that's out uh, that's out in the summer. Uh, so great. Um, have I missed any apart from the big one? Uh, let me double check. Good trailer week though. It does, but it, but it also it feels like quite a normal kind of normal week trailer week if you know what I mean. And this is it. It kind of feels like we're gonna start having those more more normal weeks now unless something bad happens touch we, we, it doesn't. We, we've literally had a year of going what trails about this week then guys oh no <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i think it's just the biggie now sweet okay so the suicide squad starring my best friend king shark um yeah i mean it was ba- i suppose it was basically what you expected but also King Shark. And that uh, cat man. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, motion capped by uh, Sean Gunn. Uh, yeah. I, I, I read a thing, a thing that, that said that he randomly just like 
does really odd shit, including like jerking off and stuff like that in the comics occasionally. And it's like, do you think that James Gunn's going to do that in a mar- in a in a big budget, not Marvel, sorry, big budget <laughs> superhero movie? I think he might. I think he will. <laughs> I think he could. I a fucking bang up for this at time of recording. If this comes out over here the same weekend as it does in the US, I think it's a weekend that we're meeting up. Yes. Um, In Manchester. I'm fucking, you know, I promise you, I am getting to York this year. It's fucking happening. It is happening. And then you lot are coming to Cardiff next year. Bond you're coming for. (laughs) Right. The thing is, the thing is, there is a chance that my buzz may be harshed. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm ever so sorry. I'm calling it as I sees it. I think I'd rather, if we're, if we're going to meet up, I'd rather meet up for a guaranteed banger. Yeah, for everyone. Something that there isn't so much on the line for. Like seriously, if I like No Time to Die, like I think I'm going to, and you guys are maybe not hating it, but potentially ambivalent, I don't think I can deal. (laughs) Now, I, I, however, I think there is an argument for Halloween Kills. Ooh, yeah, there is. Because it's a bit of a sequel to, you know, going um going to uh, Manchester, and then Halloween ends. You guys come to Cardiff. That that makes sense. Yeah, I like the symmetry of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there there we go. And that's the thing with Halloween Kills. I'm not chomping at the bit for it. I don't yeah. think anyone's particularly. I must have it now. That's yeah, the thing. I, I, I think if that movie's anywhere between five out of ten and eight out of ten, we'll all be fine with it. Exactly. Uh, Ian, Suicide Squad. Did you know that King Shark before it was voiced by Sylvester Stallone? Because I have oh, I no didn't. idea. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It was great. It was, it was so good. You <laughs> <laughs> read the story about what um, that Stallone. I can't remember Stallone or James Gunn put out about how Stallone got it. I think it was James Gunn. Yeah. He basically said, I want you in Suicide Squad. He was like, all right, I, 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 I want you in my new film. I think it was. Didn't he say it was Suicide Squad, did he? Mm. And he was like, all right, cool, yeah. Uh, what, what's the thing? Went, You're going to play a shark. <laughs> he was like, all right. That can kind of talk. He's like, Yep, sold. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, right? Big dumb animals is kind of my sweet spot. You know, and, and, as well, you know the big the big scene in it where he's ripping that yep. rips the guy apart, dude. Yep, that is uh, the obviously the King Shark bit is is a mocap and a CG bit, but apparently the the body that's being ripped is a is a practical effect. Great. Nice. It's not Great. CG. Great. I like. He's a shark. He wears shorts. <laughs> he points out his hand. <laughs> I'm just like I'm, I'm laughing just saying that. And yeah, I mean like Kiki is a massive dog and she's thick as shit, <laughs> and I love her. 
she's so dumb and she's brilliant and king shark is dumb and he's brilliant but also the rest of the trailer looks like a ton of fun yeah I am. I am very. I'll say you, Bex. When I when we re- rewatched the trailer, didn't we today? Mm. Before we recorded, I'm I'm very up for sort of John Cena, um, becoming kind of like the new Rock that's out there. Because I mean, this isn't anything against Rock, but John Cena seems like a really good dude, mm. um, and he's really good at comedy, like really good at, at comedy. He currently doesn't have a tequila. Brand and he currently isn't trying to shill up to keep the brand to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's trying to get he's trying to get into games now because he's got an energy drink to shill. Yeah, I I I I have checked out a little bit of the the rock brand. Yeah. Yep. But he's Jungle Cruise is going to bring us back. It, yeah, the 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 big budget movie that nobody is fucking talking about. <laughs> Suicide Squad, just yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm very up for it. It looks, it just, it does look like it's going to be a lot of fun. How are you feeling about it, Bex? Yeah, no, it looks great. I, um, I was saying to to Mark after we watched it for the first time. So, hang on, is this a, a reboot or no. a sequel? Sequel of sorts. It's a soft, soft sequel, isn't it? Is what they're calling it. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't. Probably doesn't ignore the first Suicide Squad. Um, but it doesn't follow from it. And it does follow from it, but it doesn't call back to it very often. Yeah, yeah. Is, is what they've said. Yeah, distinct lack of uh, Cara Delevingne, I think, is interesting. Um, yeah. But I mean, Joel no, it's Cara Delevingne. The, the amusing thing is that you keep seeing on Twitter about all these things saying, oh, David A is interested in doing an A cut of Suicide Squad. And he keeps commenting it going, am I? I mean, yeah. it's been quoted as saying, like, they did what they did and I signed off on it. It is what it is. But it, it does make me sad that people didn't get to see the film that I made. Yeah. But he's, he's also come out and said after the trailer gone, just watched the trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I want to fucking see that movie. Mm. Yeah, he was very kind about that, wasn't he? It's nice. Yeah. I, I mean, like he didn't. I'd just like to see more other David Ayer movies. Well, yeah. Move on from that. I think I've. I, I think we can all say that we've had enough David Ayer films and uh, we can move on from him. Um, I'm, I don't I'm, think Mark would agree with that. Um, Fury is fucking fantastic. Um, one last trailer, uh, actually, Ooh. for me. I knew I was forgetting one. Uh, Zola, uh, which... Oh, I didn't watch this yet, yeah. Yeah, A24 film. Cool. So there's there's the sign that. of quality right there. Is it so wait, is this the Jean-Franco Zola biopic we've been waiting for? <laughs> uh no, it's the um uh, film based on a Twitter thread. Oh, is it that cunt? Yeah. Um so yeah. I felt old watching it, um, but I'm I'm ready to give it a go. Um I've just tried reading the premise, and it and, and, and it, 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 it's it's made me doubt the existence of God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a bit like that, to be honest. And um, yeah, I I'm not entirely sure I want to spend uh, a lot of uh, uh, time in the company of these folks. But then again, 
there's a lot of films I watch where I wouldn't want to be in the company of those folks, and I think they're great films. So yeah, it's a good point. You know, it, it, who's to say? I will go into it with uh, open eyes and a wanting to love heart. Um, yeah, you know, and it reminds me uh, in that kind of vein. I want to rewatch the Florida Project and see whether I was just being a fucking arsehole. What I, I don't say, think I was, but I want to give it another go. So, is the Florida Project is? I thought it was longer. Which one am I thinking of? Am I thinking of American Honey? Is it American Honey? Is like two and a half hours long. That's the one I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. Whereas this Zola movie, which isn't about Gianfranco Zola, apparently, is only ninety minutes long. There we go. I, I, I am waiting for somebody now to uh, to do a, 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 a rehash of the Zola poster with the face of Gianfranco Zola on it. You should do it. If if I had the skill, I would. Somebody do it. No, do it. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, uh, just slight tangent. The, the Florida Project, Sean Baker, the director, he's really, really good on Twitter, and he's really, really passionate about films and like other people's films and celebrating things it's like i kind of think maybe i had uh, a bit of for like some unfounded reason i think the director's a bit of a uh of a fucking pretentious prick and that i'm gonna watch the film with that that lens and i think maybe i need to not well no i definitely definitely need to not do that so um, I could see me rewatching that um quite soon, and you know Willem Dafoe Oscar nominated, that's going to be a good time, yeah. isn't it? So we quite liked. Uh, I think we both watched Tangerine, didn't we? we I like Tangerine. That's the thing. I liked Tangerine. I wasn't as gaga for it as a lot of folks were, but I, I, oh. I, I yeah, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I think when we watched it, I think we we, we both kind of liked it, and I I liked um, Starlet, the movie we did before that. Hmm. Hmm. In fact, I really like Starlet, actually. It was quite, I quite enjoyed that. But, I, but the Florida Project just never appealed to me, I think, for some reason. Did you ever see it? No, I didn't, actually. Okay. It, it, it just it never... It, it seemed like misery porn. <laughs> yeah. At, at a time, I was just like, I, I don't need that in my life right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, it's probably on a streaming service somewhere. I'm, I'm Yeah. I, anyway. Uh, but that that was it. Um, Zola doesn't have a release date over here yet. Oh fuck! No, there was another one. Jesus wept. Benny, uh, ben Wheatley's new one in the Earth. Oh god, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm interested. I'm really up for that. Yeah, I'm 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 up for it. it. It's it looks like a field in England, but it could be quite good. Uh, that's a perspective. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm up for big surreal stroby imagery and a creeping sense of dread in a cinema. Yes, please. In the middle of June, it's going to be hot as balls outside. Fuck that noise. I'm going to go watch a Ben Wheatley shot in lockdown horror movie for an hour and a half. Yep. Oh, yeah. Bang, bang, bang up for that, i got to say. Um, but, right, I think that is it for trailers. What a week. <laughs> it's a bit of a banger week, actually. Oh, like, it, cinema's coming back. Like, it's so exciting. 
like because it, it was like you know last last year we had Tenet and whatnot but the marketing gears weren't really like gear, gearing up for anything you know there was every now and then you'd have a Wonder Woman trailer or like a um oh shit I can't even fucking th- think of anything else actually like really big you know there was a No Time to Die trailer that came out and then like the release date got pushed and you know th- but now that was like a lot of pretty especially for like film folks big trailers all in a week who knows what will happen next week what time to be alive <laughs> tell you what not bothered about being alive over the last year but this next year yes please yes please yes please right let's do a review directed by um well that was a real name Kital sakurai i thought for sure that was a non de plume um <laughs> but no no he's he's a dude ah he's worked with eric Gondry quite a lot that makes sense um oh well well bless your heart don thank you so much she's just come in and grabbed me another beer that's lovely. I've I've got a great wife. I really do. I'm very lucky. Um, right, directed by Katal Sakurai and starring Eric Andre, Tiffany Haddish, Lilwell Howry, and a bunch of real folks. So this is uh, essentially hidden cameras, um, but kind of like telling a fictional narrative where um, Eric Andre and Lilwell Howry go on a road trip to see. Uh, an ex uh like crush i think of eric andre's while tiffany ha- uh, haddish plays Lil rel howley's uh sister um who uh, breaks out of prison and wants her car back so i'm not gonna go to becky first because <laughs> i don't think she wants me to no okay so mark this is a film that had you know, fuck all promotion. It, it wasn't a Netflix original. Netflix bought it. It's actually an Orion Pictures film, which surprised the shit out of me when it started. Um, but if you were to see this in a cinema, do you think your experience would have been increased by having other people reacting to it around you? Uh, with with the greatest of respect other than Becky and I'm saying that because I know what she thought of the film 
Um, possibly, yeah. Uh, in terms of that, actually, yeah, because uh, you know there is that that kind of that that vibe thing that you can get from you know uh, having a lot of people. It's not not like cues to laugh, but you you get uh, that kind of um, that secondhand enjoyment out of things. Uh, I think if if it's in a busier cinema, I mean, for instance, when we went to see Beck's uh, 21 Jump Street and there was three other people in the cinema and we were laughing energetically at most of it, weren't we? I think we were annoying the shit out of people how much we were enjoying that. Yeah. Uh, But if it's like a, if it was, let's say, a 30% capacity cinema and that was taken up there and people were just enjoying the the stupidity of this, uh, then I I think, yeah, I think it, it, it could up your enjoyment a little bit uh, of it for sure also as well i think coming from my point of view maybe not Beck's point of view um it isn't one that i'd um i wouldn't feel short shrift having seen if i'd seen this in a cinema right but if you'd paid to see it in a cinema rather than going for free on your cine world card would you no because i don't I, I, really anything that if i pay to go and see it that that is out of my mind because it's it, that I'm paying for the experience of the cinema and everything like that, so the quality of the film doesn't affect what, if I paid for it or not. No, but you wouldn't think, well, shit, that's a whole bunch of time and ten quid of my money that I've wasted on <laughs> fucking awful shite. No, but <laughs> the, the time thing maybe, but the, the the money thing never plays into me for something like that. Once the money's gone, it's gone, and I've I, I, that that never okay. bothered me. All right, put it another way. Say say you budget for <laughs> one cinema trip per week, and you'd wasted your fucking money seeing this. <laughs> I would, not seen something else. I would I, I would feel that was unfortunate. Uh, You'd I'd, be fucking pissed off. But I'd have a word with myself. But I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the film's But it wouldn't be the film's fault. Everything's so it, the film's it, fault. It would be my, <laughs> it would be my, my, my lack of judgment. <laughs> I have, I have a much lower tolerance for films, than, high tolerance for films than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I. Yeah. Right, it takes your one film a month, and you've gone to see this. You'd come out, you'd be fucking at self funny. Yeah. Moment, I'd be fine with seeing anything in the fucking cinema. You know, I'd be kicking myself, I'd be breaking back in. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry. So, Bex, mm-hmm. is this maybe the film of your, your history with, uh, on Bastards? Is this the least you've liked to film? I don't don't know to be perfectly honest because I was really I've been very angry with a few films over the over the time I've been on the show I really fucking hated it though really really it it pissed me off because it's like it's so tropey as well it's like there's so much cliched shite in there that it's 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 just fucking lazy um and that that pissed me off about it. The the one good bit about this film was the fucking Orion movies bit popping up at the beginning. And I was like, oh, I like seeing that. That's nice, a little throwback. And then the rest of it was fucking awful. Can I can I ask as well with the, with the tropey stuff? Do you mean um like the plot or like just the the jokes in general or or both like? The jokes were lazy. Like you could have, if you if you 
if you'd sat down and gone right this is going to be this kind of movie and you'd, you'd had to kind of think of things that were going to be in there there'd be there'd be some kind of fucking jizz joke in there you could have um you could have anticipated like halfway through the movie the fucking awful and offensive white gut chicks bit at the end um just and it's so fucking crass and I don't mind crass done well I was thinking about this after we'd watched it and like I I'm not big on on fucking stupid humor I don't really like it it but like something like airplane as an example you've got crass jokes in there like the the bit where um the flight attendant i can't remember what she's called is giving the autopilot a, a nice little blowing in the cockpit that's crass but no, it's fucking it, funny I, I wouldn't say that's crass though. it is crass no i don't it, think it is crass as 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 subject matter it is crass but it's done intelligently and it's done in a funny way and the the kind of it looks the way it is but it's not the way it is kind of thing is it's done very well whereas this is just mm. <laughs> i fucking hated it so, and we we wasted our sunday morning watching this fucking awful film i get two days off a week half of one of them was spent watching this shite <laughs> Eight minutes long. Yeah, it's not that long, buddy. <laughs> Fucking felt it. It felt like it, yeah. So, I mean, this is the thing, right? Imagine the opposite of a Venn diagram. <laughs> and that's where Bex and I are with Bad Trip. <laughs> <laughs> I really, 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 really liked it. <laughs> um... I, I think I, I, think I have sliding scale marks in the middle. I have, I have yeah. literally the dot in the middle of that yeah. Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it made me laugh a lot. But, you know, long-time listeners of the show know my predilection for liking the dumbest shit imaginable. So... And, you know, and it is completely objective, but I I liked the cum joke stuff, you know, like I thought it, it made me laugh. Um, I, I liked the way that it brought up things that happen in films, but did them in a real setting with people who didn't know what was going on. So, you know, the bit where Eric Andre has the musical number. And he's in that mall, and then people yeah, just start. Yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah, and it, like it's just the, the people dancing around. Then when those like that confetti goes off, and that one guy just shits himself. Um, the the the, the fucking when he's having the dream sequence of like coming in when she's in the boardroom doing like doing the meeting or whatever, and then they just start making out, and that one guy. Like everybody, like all the other people are a bit like, what the fuck is going on here? And this one guy is just smiling and having the best time watching them go at it on the table. Um, I, I just, I, oh God, I'm not, I, I know I'm doing in this bit and this bit and this bit, but fucking Tiffany Haddish, when she gets down from that fucking uh, police, uh, prison transit, uh, transit vehicle, and that guy. It's like oh that poor guy. I mean that poor guy. 
like, you need to go. You need to go. You need to get the fuck out of here. But I like the way, you know, he is, you know, he's trying to help her. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like this film has got these little pockets of n- nice people being nice. That I wonder kind of, if he got in trouble for that, though, to be fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... I I what, I can't remember which, which chat I WhatsApped it in, but it was one that was with Mark, where I was just like, there is one scene involving Tiffany Haddish that I'm stunned the guy signed the release for, and it was yeah. that. I cannot fucking believe that. Um... But yeah, and like I say, it's just nice people being nice, cutting through the, the the rather more kind of like fratty nature of some of the jokes. Um, that you know, when they have that fucking car crash, and again, you know, it's like you have those kinds of car crashes happen in in films all the time. But how would people react if that shit happened in real life? And that. That's how I, I find that interesting. And then that one guy just putting them apart and trying to mediate the situation. He didn't feel legit to me. I like I looked. The thing is, the cast list had like who the plants were in the cast list and he wasn't one of them. Mm. You know, I, I, no, I mean, and, and fair, I get no Bex. I mean, I get that. I'm going to take the film at its word that. It was legit, and I thought that was, I I, I thought that was a nice moment. Um, and I I enjoyed watching Eric Andre and Lil Rel Howery um spend time together. I thought they were good together. I thought you know Tiffany Haddish, she's got that thing where, yeah, fair play. She probably she could be quite intimidating, you know, and and I, she knows that and she plays it well. And that, that bit in the restaurant where they uh, they're in there, they leave and she comes in, leave and they keep on like switching back and forth. You know, like if I was in that restaurant, I, w- you know, I would be free- freaked out. And the, the people in there felt natural. That one woman that like, was just kind of going a bit nuts at it all. Like it was was brilliant. I just it, it took me it took me by surprise, not just for the more jackassy aspects of it. Um but just for how it showed that people can be nice, which sounds like such a stupid fucking pat thing to say, but it's cool watching, you know, people react to these things and try and help. Yeah, that that's it. it it's not, it, it, it's, it, it's always trying to play them as the arseholes in the room. Yeah, they are the jokes, not yeah. the people. If the people react in funny ways, then fucking fair enough. But they are the jokes. Yeah, uh, that, that was that that was quite quite. I, I enjoyed that about it. Um, yeah, the, the thing is, I, I, I see. I think I am in between you both in the sense that I chuckled enough at bits. There was a lot of essentially. I think if you cut out just shocked reactions of people stood around um then i think you'd have maybe like a 60 minute movie <laughs> sure yeah that's fair um i think there was a couple of the big jokes didn't land for me which ones um that fucking gorilla segment was painful yeah the gorilla one didn't land for me but i like gorillas Are you like, you like gorilla- gorillas fucking people though and then jizzing all over them but the yeah thing was, the thing was <laughs> it's 
I could get on board with it the first time, but then it, when it went back to tell a joke, yeah. it was a little bit like... That's Ooh. fair. The problem is, what you've done now is you've told the same joke twice, and if you've not found it funny the first time, you're really not going to find it funny the fucking second time. Oh, but the second time, there's loads of spunk coming out. And also as well, I'm looking at it going, right, but in a minute, am I going to get, at the end of this movie, am I going to get loads of people going, no way, when the cam- when, it, when we get the blooper reel at the end of it and the camera's coming out, because you know that's going to happen mm. over the credits. And then you watch it going, oh, fucking come on. You must have known. Also, it made me... I did turn around to you at that point and go, fucking hell, is that a real zoo? How depressing is that? Yeah, that zoo did look really depressing. It did. Very brown. A lot of chain link. It was just... Yeah, I was just going, going I have been to only a couple of zoos in my life because I don't like zoos, uh, apart from that one where I met at Giraffe that time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't like zoos. But I want to go, are there actually zoos that exist like that? To be fair, Mark, we've been together a very long time. The closest to a zoo that we've been to is a safari park. No. We went to Chester Zoo. Ah, we did, didn't we? Yes, fuck you, that's where I met a giraffe. Prick. It's nice, it's Chester Zoo. It is, you see. I don't think you need to say fuck you or prick. I'm not (laughs) trying to tell you how to live your life, but blimey, Charlie, Mark. Yeah, we did go. Chester Zoo's nice, though. And the, uh, what was the safari park? It was safari? hot as fuck, wasn't it, when we went? <laughs> it was really hot when we went to the safari park thing as well. Uh, what happened at the safari park? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know if that was with me. I mean, it was. Which you just blacked out drunk? I think that's where you met the giraffe. I think you're getting muddled. No, it was Chester Zoo. Which safari park do you think we went to? I don't know. I haven't been to a safari park. Was that place when that was where we met the, the giraffe? It wasn't. That was Chester Zoo. Was it Chester Zoo? Yeah. It looked like a safari. I have park. not been to a safari park. Just going to Google Chester Zoo giraffe just to make sure there is one there. But yeah, I I I, I did I did enjoy it enough. Wasn't it Yorkshire? Oh, yeah, there are. Norsley. I've never been to Norsley. What is it? And I've never been to Yorkshire Safari Wildlife Park. That's not a safari either, is it? No, it's safari. It's a wildlife park, wildlife and safari park. Oh, don't say There was that. a baby giraffe born in Chester Zoo at the start of the month. Tiny oh. little fucker. Oh, that's cute. Oh, you got to see it. No, they they caught it on camera apparently. We have we have been to Yorkshire Wildlife Park. I haven't. You fucking have. I don't think I have. I think that's maybe what you're getting muddled up with. I think that's where you met the giraffe. No, I didn't. There's not a giraffe there. There fucking is. Look, look, look. Come on, but let me scroll. Oh, I'm going to look at the video. Giraffes. That's a picture. I mean, obviously, Mark, we're not there right now. <laughs> anyway, the place, is, <laughs> the place we have been was very nice and green and there was Chester space really. for animals. Not miserable. Oh shit! I'm just watching a giraffe being born. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, 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 oh shit! I don't need to see this. <laughs> anyway, so in summation, Bob trip shite. Everyone agrees. Rally <laughs> oh, distracted. Okay. Definitely not shit. Let's review this footage of your giraffe being born. <laughs> 
I wasn't quite expecting it to just be like that. Fucking hell. That's a strange music to what is it? Is it an ad? No, this is the dropping ball. Fucking <laughs> 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 just plopped out. I mean, it's... It looks like she just shit a giraffe out. I mean, you have to say, though, as a species, but, we are shite, aren't we? we? We give birth to babies, and they're essentially pathetic, dependent fucking creatures for the first at least year of their life. So, I mean, they're dependent for more than a year. I know, but they can't, like, walk or feed themselves or anything for ages. That I don't think they can feed themselves fucking... after a year, Bex. You are? Was Izzy feeding herself from one? Was she making a risotto? No, but I mean, like, grabbing stuff and putting it in their mouths. And they can walk by one, can't they? I mean, it's a long time ago for us. I can't remember the timescales of when they do things. Can they walk at one? Yeah, kinda. You don't like feelings on walking. That giraffe's straight up on its fucking feet and having some milk. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that giraffe's a boss. But to be fair, if you've just been shit out of something, you're Pumped probably thinking your I'm going to have to learn how to live life quick. Yeah, it, 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 it's a full Ace Ventura moment. I, I mean, it's impressive, isn't it? Like, it just plops out. Bex, was it better than Bad Trip? Yes. Yes, it was. Definitely not shit for the video of the giraffe being born. Yeah, definitely not shit for that. Yeah. Mark, where were you with Bad Trip, though? I'm not quite Geostorm, but I I think I, I think I'm touching cloth with it. Really? Yeah, because I didn't I didn't hear it and I I I I was fine with watching it, uh, and I enjoyed my time enough with it. And I don't I don't think it's shit because I think if you if if there's comedy there that you'll like you'll like it, and I I, I had a good enough time with it. What? Go. I I. I think Eric Andre is a is, is a good comedian. I think he's better when he's not trying to shock you all the time. He's better when he's not trying to gross you out. He he's one of those where I think he'd be a lot more popular comedian if if somebody said to him, "You don't need to do that. You can tone it down a little bit." He's a little bit Tom Green esque at points, where he he needs somebody just to go. Turn it down a touch and it'll be funnier. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say. No, you're going to ask me. I, I think we already know. But I know. We, 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 we clarified that before we watched the draft being born, Bex. Yeah. I, I, I do think uh, Little Real uh, Howry is a little bit low energy in this and not like general low energy. Like he's not as on board with it as the other people. Hmm. I was he, reading in the trivia actually on IMDb he almost quit the film um, after you know the fucking awful dick Chinese finger trap joke because they went into the wrong Oh, and the guy chased them with the fucking knife that guy chasing them with the knife was real and their security team was at a different barber's where they were supposed to go oh fuck but it's all fucking staged and bullshit and, and oh yeah, 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 yeah but it's always going to be staged and what is yeah, it for that but, but at the same time, he nearly quit the project because someone ran at him with a knife. That's yeah. not that's not that isn't staged. 
Oh no, that one bit there in the whole movie. Is... Oh, yeah. come on now. And Tiffany Haddish convinced him not to quit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, he's the straight man in it isn't he so that there, there, there is going to be that but no i i get what you're saying they don't he doesn't get any of the big moments and any of the big moments he is in he's in them with eric andre mm. but and i'll be honest that dick bit i was fucking howling like it just it made it, it just it made me laugh i like i just I, if, I, I i i did enjoy the golfer's reaction to it Oh god, yeah, and he just starts going fucking mental at them. Yeah. But he's trying to help at first, and then they accuse him of, of Harvey Weinsteining them, and then he then he turns. Yeah. It is a little bit like yeah, like they they cracked the wrong joke and mm. pissed him off when yeah. he was trying to be nice. Yeah. 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 And it was a little bit yeah. That was that was that was the one moment in the movie where I thought, ooh, that was a bit mean. Mm. That. Mm. I can see why he basically went, get the fuck off now. Yeah. Uh, and that was a little bit, yeah. Mm. There was a little bit of that to it. Uh, I'm not saying it was perfect, but in an environment that has been basically a fucking desert of things that make you laugh. Do you know what? And comedy is is absolutely one of those things where it is it is fully subjective. Like things can be objectively gross, objectively scary, objectively you know, objectively good. You can watch a film and hate it and go, do you know what? But I appreciate it was good. It just wasn't for me. But comedy is very much subjective, and you know, I get that. And I don't want to shit on anyone's. If you enjoyed it, I. You're not coming across that way. Sorry, just to say, you're not coming across that way that you're you're just shitting on people. That's fine. Well, I, I mean, I, I I don't I don't want to because it yeah, it's just not for me. But Jackass isn't for me. Fucking Borat movies aren't for me. Well, that's it. You see, I I I love Jackass. I enjoyed this, but the fact that I read as well in the trivia that they consulted with Sasha Baron Cohen on uh on the film yeah it was a bit like oh okay i get it but yeah but 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 borat was an absolute piece of shit mm. so it's it it's it's fucking horses for courses i i hate it it isn't my type of comedy it just isn't and i kind of i watched the trailer and i thought actually that that looks like yeah, it you, could be quite funny you actually said before we started watching it oh i watched the trailer for that and it, it looks quite funny yeah actually. and you know what and then it just <laughs> it, it, it gradually lost me in the first segment, and then just completely lost me. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm touching cloth on it. Uh, our audience poll is, is quite mixed as well. <laughs> uh, 40% definitely not shit, and 60% shit. That's fair. I'm with that 40. Yes. So that's, a, that's a mixed bag, I'd say. Oh, God, I fully hate it. I will, I will never go anywhere near this fucking <laughs> film ever again. Apart from when we, uh, apart from when we talk about it at the uh, year end show where it's in your top ten worst, in my top five surprises. <laughs> it will be my number one worst, unless something really fucking awful comes out. To imagine, I'm not willing this into existence whatsoever. But could you imagine if you watched Candyman and were like, I'd I'd rather just watch Bad Trip again right now. <laughs> 
Oh, dear. I think I'd question my entire life. Um, it, it would be that, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, God, I'm so looking forward to you guys being able to watch fucking Candyman. We're going to have to get Jordan on uh, on that show because mm-hmm. he was really looking forward to it as well. And I'm just going to like shut the fuck up and sit back and just let you guys take it. Like I'm looking forward to Candyman, but not nearly with that level. Uh, when, where, where are we on that? Has it, has it got... Has it got a projected release date? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> I want to say, yeah. I mean, it, it gets it. The thing is, like, you got Spiral and A Quiet Place too. Like in in May and June. You, Ooh, August the twenty seventh, apparently. Oh, there you go. You need a bit. You need a bit of distance, you know. And it's like. If that's kind of like the end of summer, people starting to think about watching spooky movies again, I think that like that's going to do really well. And just like the fact that they have never once even hinted at that motherfucker going to PVOD mm. like that, that has got confidence shooting through its veins. And apparently that, that was very much um, Jordan Peele. Hmm. Was was very much insistent from the start. Now nah, we'll we'll just we'll delay it. We'll just keep delaying it. But we did that. That movie is coming out in cinemas because it deserves that to come out in cinemas. I want to see this in a big dark fucking room on a huge fucking screen with mammoth speakers playing mm. all of it. I wonder if it's uh, IMAXing. It's not apparently. Is it not? Okay, no. that's a shame um yeah i mean like i'm i'm looking god i'm looking forward to seeing what near da costa does with that and she uh, she kind of feels like almost like the ava de Verne i can maybe get on board with <laughs> you know? <laughs> um I, you know i i just like a, a singular female voice who maybe isn't quite as i am the fucking shit as yeah. it just feels like Eva de Verne is. Um, I'm going to try and get to Little Woods very soon. I need to as well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. she did the next Captain Marvel movie, isn't she? Yeah, she guested on um, on Blank Check a little while back. Um, oh, they were talking about, I swear it was a Robert Zemeckis film, and I'm trying to think of what it was now. Hang on. They have such good guests. Um, I swear I'm not paid by them. It's just a really good show. Let me just blah 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 blah. No 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 no. I mean, Neil Costa's favorite directors are Martin Scorsese, Sidney Lumiere, Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, and her favorite movie is Apocalypse Now. And, um, her episode was on um Castaway. Um, I'm probably watching Castaway. And Jamie Bell did an episode with them about Contact, and that was fucking ace. I've listened to that a couple of times. I I know I talk about that that podcast on here quite a lot, but fuck me, like that's kind of like my aspiration for where I'd like to be as a podcaster. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? 
Well, if you're a fan of their show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate, The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's on Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you, you will not, not find, find that, that here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk. Right, well, there were some promos for the show. I'm not putting <laughs> in what we were just talking about because it was fucking depressing. Um, and let's move on to some what we've been watching. Who wants to start? Do you want to go your solos first? Do you want me to go my solos first? I think you've first? got more solos. Oh, no, no you I haven't. We just established that. Yeah, we do, yeah. Big show off, your humble brag. You go with yours, because you'll watch some shite. I mean, no. Uh, rewatched Along Came Polly. There we go. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it was because I remember Philip Seymour Hoffman being pretty fucking great in it. Um, and it was... Yeah, I think I think I remember Philip Seymour Hoffman literally getting um, questioned about the movie during like a, a promo. Like it wasn't police interrogation. It, it was. Sorry. It wasn't doing like a promo for this. It was doing a promo for something else. And they asked him about you know why he was in a long term poly, and he was like, "Well, because I'm an actor, and it was a role that I wanted to play." And like, but like, was it was it like a paycheck movie? And he's like, "No." I liked the character. I liked the director. I liked Ben Stiller. I liked Jennifer Aniston. I was like, I can't understand why people can't work out the fact that I wanted to be in this movie. <laughs> um, it's the thing about this movie is it's really, really short. It's like 
80 minutes before credits. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. It, 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 it's about, I think it's about 80, 82 minutes and then there's the credits. And the credits are, are long for a movie of this time. Mm. Uh, it's it's fun enough. The story is paper thin. Yeah. Um, on it. Um, have you ever seen it, Bex? I think so. Yeah, so it literally is that um, Ben Stiller plays a character that is neurotic because he assesses risk for an ins- life insurance company for a living. So assesses the risk of every system situation he's in. But it's like... It rings a bell, isn't Jennifer Aniston some kind of like free spirit? Yeah, mm. but none of it adds up. None of it makes sense whatsoever uh, within it. Um, and yeah, they, they kind of start dating, but um, he's really into it and she's not as much. Right. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But it, it was weirdly, it was the... Um, the second Brian Brown movie we watched <laughs> this week. An actor who hasn't appeared in that many movies. I mean, actually, has appeared in a lot of movies, but hasn't appeared in that many movies that you would necessarily go to watch. Yeah. He's not an actor you go to watch because, ooh, Brian Brown's in that, I'd better go and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, along with it, I, it was full enough, but I watched it while I was doing something. So it was like, it wasn't quite background noise. I was paying attention to it, mm. but it was... I was doing a monotonous task, so I needed something to watch to do it. Um, yeah. And at the same time, I watched Just Married because I am one of the few people that really likes Ashton Kutcher movies. I like Ashton Kutcher movies. And this has Brittany Murphy in it as well. I like Brittany Murphy. Yeah. I don't like Just Married, though, oddly enough. It's it's fun enough, but it's, it's very by numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite generic isn't it it's very generic and it is only mildly elevated by the fact if, if you are into uh the comedy stylings of action culture <laughs> uh, which i very much am yes, yes. I, I i still maintain that the best netflix original series is the ranch by a long fucking way it's great you can take all of your fucking other fucking shit Fuck you with your Stranger Things and you're oh, born in a hill house. Bollocks to that shit. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, just give me Ashton Kutcher on a ranch with Sam Elliott drinking and swearing. Yeah! It's fucking great, is the ranch, to be fair. Yeah, still a, a series that deals with some surprisingly complex issues quite well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, Just Married doesn't deal with any complex issues. It doesn't even deal with the the uncomplex issues well at all mm-hmm. uh, but again it was good to have on as like to watch doing monotonous tasks <laughs> um and then a movie i didn't watch because of monotonous tasks it's a movie that I've, I've been wanting to kind of re-watch for a while but you haven't mm. um so I, I i gave it another go i re-watched one smaller time in mexico it's it's pronounced Mexico. It is pronounced Mexico. Uh, I watched. We watched. I, I believe it's pronounced Time. Once upon a time, in Mexico. Yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. Fair. Um. Yeah. So I watched this because I, I, I think this movie came out. I think at the peak, Robert Rodriguez. Mm. Not, not. I'm not saying <clears throat> the peak creatively, Robert Rodriguez, but at his at the time when he had the most um, peaking. 
cash in the bank. Yeah. Uh, for that there, because he, he gets in, Banderas is back on board, Sam Hayek is kind of in it. Um, but he's also got Johnny Depp. He's trying to Tarantino Mickey Rourke in it, which he kind of did a little bit. He ain't no Tarantino though, is he? No, but I genuinely do think that Robert Rodriguez thinks he is. Mm. Um, and I just I don't remember it all that well. I just remember how awful because doesn't like Johnny Depp lose his eyes? Yes. How awful the special effects are for the bit after he's lost his eyes. They're not fantastic. It's basically, right, close your eyes and we're going to put some makeup on them. Yeah. <laughs> but I prefer that because if he made it now, he'd, it'd just be CG and it wouldn't... Mm. It, 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 you actually watch it and you go, it doesn't look bad, except you can see the shadow of his eyeball. Um, it is the one thing there. Um, Selma Hayek is unbelievably hot in this movie. It is insane. I mean, you could say that about any Selma Hayek but, movie. But there is a moment in it. And the thing is, in Dust Till Dawn, you have a moment of Selma Hayek where she comes out and is introduced to the world quite literally as the human thirst trap. Yeah. And it works. But there's moments in this where you watch it going, it, it, it must have been weird for Selma Hayek at that point to, to have just existed as being the hottest thing on the planet at that point. I think she's got used to it by now. Um, and of course, you've got Antonio Banderas being just charismatically wonderful, but they're not the movie. It's kind of weird that they're they're like the second part of the movie. Mm. Not even like part two, but they're like the the supporting characters. Mm. It's very much Johnny Depp's movie, which I didn't I, I didn't remember that it was more his movie than anything else. And he's really quite good in it. He's he's quite entertaining, and he's. He's clearly poking fun at himself within the movie. He's not trying to be dashing and all of the, you know, the coolest thing in it. He is trying to be a bit stupid within yeah. it. Um, but not like zany stupid, like he became post yeah. um, the Pirates movies. Uh, however, on top of all that, it's actually really quite boring (laughs) it it, it is it's the story isn't that good it's trying to be twisty and turny but it's not twisty and turny there's way too long too way too much time spent for no reason with Enrique Iglesias Mm. and it's like why it's almost like you watch it going, so wait a minute, is he literally in this because he was a big pop star at the time and he's Spanish? Yeah. So it's literally like, ah, oh, this pop, pop, pop star that everybody likes and he speaks Spanish? <laughs> and it, you watch it going, oh my God, you you used like your big, this is it. This is this is where I get to use all of this fucking credit and this kudos that I've achieved. And this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is his once upon a time in. Mm. Tarantino had his. Sergio Leone has had his. You know, and this is his. And it's crap. <laughs> do you know what the most interesting thing about once upon a time in Mexico is, with the exception of Selma Hayek? Mm. 
Go on. Do you know the most uh, who's barely in it? Is it Chooch Marin? No. It's the special feature on the DVD of him cooking the Puerto Beal. That is good. So what is it? Yeah. That that is the best thing about this movie. And it isn't available on a streaming service. You have to go in your loft to get it out of your box to watch on that. Might be on YouTube. Probably is on YouTube. Go YouTube that and watch that for 110 minutes because it's more interesting than what's in Mexico. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's... I I was quite disappointed because I thought, thought, do you know what? This might be good and it's not. It's crap. It's really crap. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, bud. What did you watch solo, Becky? Uh, okay, so I've got a few. Um, I watched the Stanford Prison Experiment um, on something. One of the streaming services, it's on there. Um, obviously based on the real-life Stanford Prison Experiment where they um, essentially recruited a pool of students at Stanford um, split them into guards and prisoners and had them run a prison through, off of a, a corridor with some offices that had been converted into cells. Um, it's actually really, really quite interesting. Um, the, the study itself is quite interesting as well, although how much scientific information they got from it is um, is questioned. But yeah, the the speed with which the prisoners, uh, the prison guards, sorry, become dickheads, dickheads and, and, and kind of sadistic, um, I think is, is, is fairly well represented in the movie and is quite shocking. Um, the prisoners themselves are kind of dehumanised by being told they can't identify by their names and they're only allowed to um, identify by their prisoner number. And then there's a rebellion and all this kind of shit goes on. But yeah, it's it's actually really interesting. Um, and reading around it and reading about the um, the study itself is quite interesting as well. Um, and it's yeah, it's I think I watched it because it's got Ezra Miller in it, and I was like, oh, okay, fair play. And then it had Ty Sheridan, in it and yeah, it's um, it's it's really good, definitely worth a watch. Um, I looked for. There's another one that's linked to it. I can't remember what the fucking experiment's called now. It's the Milgram experiment where they got people to electrocute people. Yes. Um, there's a film of that with Peter Skarsgård in it, I think. Yes, there is. Um, but that's not available or anything. But yeah, I'll be um, tracking that one down. Um, so yeah, that's that one. Um, I rewatched Harvey for about the zillionth time. Um, Jimmy Stewart, Imaginary Bunny. It's great to be fair it's it's really good and there's there's a few little touches that i kind of noticed this time that i hadn't at first like things like when he mentions harvey people because obviously harvey's supposed to be quite tall six foot something mm. um and people kind of when he, when he mentions him kind of look up next to him and like as though they can sense him mm. um and obviously when the the doctor that runs the establishment that they're trying to get him committed to um eventually kind of succumbs to it and actually sees harvey he he does that as well and he's like and then basically jimmy stewart gives him harvey at the end and it's all very sweet but it's jimmy stewart film so of course it's fucking great um so very very much enjoyed that one and then i 
also rewatched Pan's Labyrinth. I can't remember what prompted me to rewatch this. I think um, a picture of the fawn came up on Twitter, and I was like, "Fucking hell, I could rewatch Pan's Labyrinth." It's again, it's oh, it's it's a beautiful film, and I commented to you after after I'd watched it, and the fact that this was nominated for best foreign language film and lost out to the lives of others who no one fucking talks about now. it's a good film though. it's fine it's yeah that was i mean it's it's interesting sorry to cut you off but it's no it's sorry okay. yeah like it when the lives of others won it was like that that branch it, it was only voted for by like a, a select group of people within the academy it had to be people that watched all of them and whatnot and it mm. almost felt like just a smidgen of backlash from the international folks for like, well, look at Del Toro getting all those fucking Oscar nominations. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't that good. You know what was good? The lives of others. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's such, it's such a rich film. Um, and you've obviously, you've got the fancy element of it juxtaposed, juxtaposed against the, the harsh fucking reality of these people's lives um and I, I just think it's it's just such a beautifully done story and beautifully made film um and the again I, I did some reading reading around it and it never quite sort of clicked with me that the the whole theme of the movie is like constructive disobedience because obviously you've got the re- rebels and you've got um Ophelia herself kind of disobeys the fawn um, when she eats the grapes and the pale man sort of comes to life and eats the fairies um, and disobeying him when he asks her to like shed her brother's blood and then that turns out to be the right choice and it's just it, it's, it, it was quite interesting having read that I, I think I, I watched it in two kind of shifts and I read that in between and it was like oh okay that 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 kind of make, puts a different layer on the film um because it's only through disobeying that she achieves well what she if you if you go down the fantasy line of it achieves um but yeah, and then after that, I watched Nine. The I think there's a few movies called Nine, which you raised with me, didn't you, when mm. I mentioned it? But um, the the little sack doll movie. I Nine. remember fucking hating that when I test print uh, test screened it. What what? Did you really? I I, I loved it. It's. it's... No, I... I feel like I need to probably take another go at it. It was probably like a decade ago. Yeah, <laughs> if you test printed it, it'll have been twelve years ago. Uh, yeah, oh, my no, lo- it came out in 2010 actually. I think it came out here. Yeah, January 2012 is when I left the cinema. So, fuck me! Wow, that was nearly ten years ago. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's just really good. I mean, if if you if you take into account like the sort of more technical aspects of the the quality of the animation and stuff like that it is very very good but even just story wise it's it's very original um you know a lot of kids well kids films because it's probably i would say probably too scary for younger kids um but you know a lot of kids films it is just they are essentially rehashes of um of other themes and things like this that and and this one is is not really um it's it's got quite quite an original 
storyline the the ending doesn't quite land um there's a few little leaps in there that um that you're expected to make but yeah overall i think i think really really good um like i say the the animation itself and the look of the film is is gorgeous really really nice and then that's me for ones on my own cool did you want to do yours and then we'll do our group ones ian or do you want us to delve straight into our, what we've watched together how many have you got one two three four five six six right i think i've got 11 wow so how yeah i i can do if you guys want to break from talking i think i think i think we've, we've talked for a while haven't we we have yeah we'll let you talk okay. a little bit all right um so uh i'm gonna try and divvy this up um okay so unconnected things um <laughs> silk road oh yes yeah um so uh i'm actually intrigued by this because it's kind of my it's my jam yeah 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 i mean so um i've got a full review up on this on um on vodzilla um i don't know whether ivan listens listens to this or not but uh uh i just want to say thanks to ivan for uh uh putting up with my reviews and i'm really glad that the site is going from strength to strength um if, if, he, if he'll know what that means um so um this is the story of the drug trading ebay essentially uh which was set up in uh the early part of the noughties um nick robinson uh plays the um guy who uh came up with it jason clark plays a um dea agent who um is basically shifted into cyber crimes um after um uh, uh telling a uh a drug cartel boss that he was and i quote a mongoloid um and essentially blowing his cover and being moved to uh cyber crimes where he can just sit until retirement but he becomes interested in silk road um it wants to be the social network for for silk road very 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 badly but every step it takes in that direction is just no don't do it no no there's a sequence early on about uh, about the creation of silk road which is very very reminiscent of um mark writing in his um like his online journal about being dumped by erica and then the uh how they kind of developed um uh uh uh, face mash or whatever it is that they first call it um very very close to that and it's got these kind of like quippy asides through it which feel like trying to be sorkin but just don't even try it um it works more in jason clark playing a down on his luck old like dinosaur of the dea finding some new tricks um and then taking advantage of the fact that everyone thinks he's a loser um 
but he but but also he is it's a very muddled film where your sympathies lie with different people at different times but these are also two not great guys and your sympathy probably shouldn't be with either of them (laughs) um and yeah i thought it was a real swing and a miss um alex winter directed um a documentary about this uh dark web i think it was called in uh 2015 and I wish I watched that. But Jason Clark is quite arresting. Like he, he's a good screen performer who feels like Hollywood were trying to make him the next big thing for like a year or two there. And it it never quite happened because he's a bit older than people they're trying to make the next big thing. And he's a bit craggy. It it he it he almost feels like used goods. Yeah, but he's he, he was he's a little bit like it it's so he got nominated, didn't he, for Zero Dark Thirty? Mm. And, and and post that, they were like, right, we need to, like I said, they're trying to make the next big thing. And it's a little bit like you, he, he was almost like, do you know what? I've been doing this for like 20 years. Um, and I've been getting along fine. But what I'll do is this three or four years, I'll take all the fucking money and I'll just go back to doing what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think it's it, it, it's cool when he comes up in, in in things. You know, it's like he, you know, he's the male lead. I, actually, I don't think he did get nominated for Zero Dark Thirty. Um, sorry, even though it, look at it, IMDb, he was a nominee for the special mention award at the Alliance of Women Film Journalists for most egregious age difference between the leading man and love interest. What's that for? The the devil all the time is a 20 year gap between him and Riley Keough. (sighs) That's fucking brilliant. Can I, oh God, I want to, it won't show me the other nominees, but that's amazing. I mean, fair fucking play. Cause yeah, it is ridiculous. Um, but no, I mean, this this is it. He was definitely, like, he got nominated for quite a lot of things for Zero Dark Thirty, you know. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was it was like what they were trying to do with Sam Worthington. Mm. But Jason Clarke's a better actor. He's a more interesting actor. That's for fucking sure. Um, and, I mean, he's, he's good in this and he's giving it his all. Um, but it does kind of just feel like cut rate wouldn't i mean probably would not have got much of a cinematic release if cinemas are open the kind of deal that will just probably pop up on netflix or amazon prime in a couple of months and it's like yeah you know i watched this on a wednesday night it feels like a wednesday night watch you know just like you're not really expecting anything out of it you want to be somewhat engaged because you know you got work the next day and you're not quite ready to just chill out and have fun Silk Road. There you go. Just going through, you know, occasionally you go through like an actor's IMDb and you go like right back to their like their their early work where they're essentially just starting out and jobbing actor kind of things. Mm. Um, so these are just like a few of like the one episode um, TV series that Jason Clark was in. Uh, Diagnosis Murder. Fair enough, that, that one crops up quite a lot. Heartbreak High. Uh, was in an episode of that. 
Two Guys A Girl In A Pizza Place, an episode of that. Um, the series All Saints. And then this one jumped out and made me go, what? The Bill. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, that's a fucking odd one. Was in, yeah, home and away, obviously, because he's Australian. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing is, I, I, I will lap this kind of shit up. I'm, I'm again, I, I think I should win awards for being the, being the person who has watched the most movies twice that nobody has ever watched more than once. <laughs> in the sense that I have watched Kid Cannabis twice. Um, everybody else thinks that movie's shit, and I'm like, it's alright actually. It's quite fun. <laughs> so. And yeah, I, I definitely will get to Silk Road. I'll probably enjoy it more than I should. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to issue a formal apology to one Mr. Noel Meller. On our review of Wonder Woman 1984, <laughs> I believe I vehemently defended Wonder Woman 1984 from all of his criticisms. And I'd like to say now that I was wrong. Bought Wonder Woman 1984 on 4K. Watched it with Donna. That film's not good. And what the fuck was I smoking? It's really not good. It's very long. For yes. no reason whatsoever. Um, Chris Pine is good. Gal Gadot, not so much. Kristen Wiig is trying is hampered by just ridiculous fucking CG at the end of it. I, the whole hope and optimism of it was absolutely undercut by Donna making the very, very, very correct um, observation. Yeah, she can tell other people that they need to just deal with what life throws at them all they want. She's fucking Wonder Woman. (laughs) <laughs> yep and and she doesn't deal with jack shit <laughs> did she tell you about that pilot she wants me oh i'm um yeah i mean yeah i on honestly i don't know what i was smoking i think i was so high on i'm seeing a big film in the cinema and i don't know when it is that I'm next going to see a film in a cinema again, let alone a big one, then I think I just let it cloud me. Uh, I'll, I'll say that, you know, um, it's very, very, very confident in its own. We're going to be inspirational. We're going to be a film that people will really listen to. And no, no, no. It's hubristic. Yes. Yeah. And I I think you guys were saying that when we first reviewed it and I just didn't take that. I I just didn't, you know, accept that. And, you know, I was wrong. What can I say? You know, it's not often that you're really, really high on a film and then think it's actually kind of shit on second time round, you know, but uh, there, there, there we have it, you know, um, is there going to come a point, right, where where the where the the, the the global cinematic world is going to stop making excuses for the fact that Gal Gadot isn't a very good actress? Mm-hmm. 
Because yeah. she's, she's, you know, the problem is it'll get pointed out for so many other people. And this isn't a, a man versus woman thing or anything like that. Mm. But for instance, you came up with uh, Sam Worthington uh, earlier on when they tried to push him and people point out that he's, he's not very good. Someone said, I've actually seen some words in things and thought he was all right, but he has been crapping things. See Jai Courtney um, as well. And it's, it, 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 you are watching. I mean, I mean the, the fact is, they had to make, get, get other actresses to do an accent to cover for the fact that <laughs> Gavino has an accent. Heavy accent. people have accents. But, but there's not a problem with that. You know, there's not a problem with having a heavy accent. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. There you yeah, go, exactly. for instance. But she's also not that good no. in anything. <laughs> no. It's not just that she's not been good in the Wonder Woman movies. There's a lot of movies now mm. where she's talking and you can almost see the other actors just looking at her going, I, is there any way you could say these things faster? <laughs> She does talk properly slow, yeah. Yeah, it's... And do you know what it looks like? It looks like somebody remembering the things that they have been taught that they have to say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with, with Death on the Nile, like a non-action part, like a full dramatic role. But that's um, it, because the thing is, on a physicality level, she does look like she could carry off, do, not like a fucking flying and shit like that. I don't look at Gal Gadot and go, do you know what? If someone could fly, I think it could be her. Uh, but like the, 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 the ass kicking and stuff like that, she does look like a physically capable person. Mm. But yeah, the humanisms of it all, I doubt. The <laughs> <laughs> actual ability to be a human. Yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Like, they, they greenlit Wonder Woman 3 pretty much straight away, and that seems to have gone very quiet now. And originally, they were saying they were going to get that in before um, Patty Jenkins does Rogue Squadron. Um, yeah. l- l- let's let's see what happens there. Um, I, I think the whole Patty Jenkins thing is quite amusing. What's that? She made three movies in 20-odd in years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's questionable if any of them are actually that good. I mean, it, it, I'm I I I'm interested in seeing what she could do with Rogue Squadron. Um, but I, 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 I I'm interested to see what you guys think of it on the WhatsApp chat. It's a film though. You're not going to see it. It's, it's a series, isn't it? No, it's a film, dude. Is it? I thought it was a series. Yeah. Nah, it's a film. Ah, fuck you, Mark. God damn it, I have to watch it. I... <laughs> but, I, and the thing is, Lucasfilm have been very, very keen to fire people. Firing Patty Jenkins would be a fucking awful look. Oh, it would not go down well. So, uh, you know, let, let, let's see what happens. But I, 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 I do slightly wonder... If that Disney Investor Day was in like February, it was like last month, whether she would still be getting announced as the director of that film. Yeah, yes. As opposed to that Investor Day thing being a few weeks before Wonder Woman came out. But 
I, you know, I, yeah, I, who knows? Maybe I'll watch it a third time and I'll be like, do you know what? I was wrong the second time. This is brilliant. But <laughs> like Donna was just so like not into it for like pretty much the whole thing. And every single thing she said was like, yeah, I can't disagree with that, actually. You know, and I mean, that whole you know everybody has to learn to live with the sacrifices we have to make the one sacrifice she makes is she can't be with the pilot that she knew for a week 50 years ago and she bangs on and on about it as well she's still banging on about it now yeah it just yeah. League, yeah she literally does mm. yeah she, she does she she literally is the the what is it where you get the, I get the feeling that when her Amazon delivery turns up, she tells the Amazon delivery driver about this pilot she wants new. Yeah. Do you know what? I love this package. What? This pilot I want new. <laughs> and the Amazon delivery driver's like, fucking hell, they told me it said that. It'll be an evil Chris Pine in the next one. Just you watch. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Watched the most surprising 4K Dolby Vision on Disney Star I've I've seen yet. Ten things I hate about you. That, no, because no, that's not on Disney Star. Oh, is it on Disney Plus? That's on Disney Plus. Right, okay. Ah, yeah, that, okay. That, that, that's, that's been there since the start. Okay, I'll take that back then. Uh, it's great. It's 10 things I hate about you. I, I don't think I need to talk about it too much. You know, it's just, it's it's really, really fun. It's like probably in Donna's like top three films of all time. And yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it, a, it, it, it's one of those those ones where it, when somebody tells you something like that, you can go... You go you know what yeah fair enough <laughs> i will say i think julia styles maybe takes him back a little bit too easily at the end but you know fine um uh rewatch la la land i was talking to mark about that on the boy chat yesterday we're going to be talking about that on playing it forward not in the nate's recording but the one after because i bought it for noel <laughs> No one's seen it. No, he hasn't. So he was like, oh, I've never seen that. I was like, right, when have I fucking got you for playing it forward? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, my thoughts on La La Land are pretty extensive on this show, but it is a banger for me. Is it a better film than Moonlight? Yes. Do I respect that Moonlight won Best Picture? Also, yes. But I kind of wish La La Land won. Sorry, I'm sorry. I I I would agree. I Moonlight is a good film. It's a it, 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 it's, it's a it's a it's very good very film. Very good film. It's a very good film. But it's a very good film that I appreciate. It's a very good film. But I I wasn't as into it as a lot of people were. Um, whereas I I I really enjoyed La La Land. But I've not watched it since. Mm. So it'd be interesting to rewatch that mm. you in about six weeks' time. <laughs> I've watched it a few times now, and it just it holds up marvelously for me. Um, right, the ones that are kind of linked. Uh, Oscar catch up. I have decided not to do watch all the BAFTA ones um, because the BAFTAs are in two weeks, and there's there's quite a few that are actually a bit hard to get hold of. The Oscar one's a lot easier, and I think I've only got about 13, 14 left. So, um, watched two more of the documentary nominees. Uh, Crip Camp, A Disability Revolution, 
which is on Netflix. Crip Camp. Crip Camp, as in cripple. Wow. That's a title, isn't it? Yeah. Slap in the face. I, I, I think it's because they're kind of owning their disability. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking great title. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, story of a uh, summer camp in the early 1970s, specifically for disabled uh, teens, and how the their experiences there prove to them that, hey, they can be part of society as well. And looks at the years after of how members of that camp did some pretty incredible, um, uh, incredible protesting and incredible things to uh, essentially get the Civil Rights Act to include that essentially the right for disabled people to have access to buildings have access to jobs and education and whatnot um yeah really uh really powerful stuff um and you know not not vegetables you know it, it it's it, 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 it sounds vegetable-y I'm not gonna lie. yeah yeah it does it does um but it's talking about how this camp freed them like ideologically and sexually and whatnot um and how they kind of applied that ethos to what what they did um and yeah i i I thought i I thought it was it was very good It, it i suppose it didn't quite connect the dots of how it almost felt a little bit like happenstance that these people at this camp were people who like forefronted this revolution like it doesn't really say that the seeds of it started at the camp it was just they were all at this camp but it's called crip camp it's yeah it it doesn't it doesn't quite connect the dots there but it it it's pretty at a time where in the uk the right to protest is essentially being attacked kind of vital viewing for what the right to protest can do to create things that we basically take for granted today um it's 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 a very it's a very very good watch not as vegetable as you'd think it is also not nearly as vegetable as you'd think it is and out of the three documentary films i've seen so far like the one that should be winning uh is collective uh this is on iplayer now um so this deals with uh a so in uh bucharest this nightclub there's well this club there's a gig some pyrotechnics go off something goes on fire whole building goes up in flames and the fire exits were fucked lot quite a lot of people died but also after in the uh, in the uh preceding two preceding two weeks quite a few people died as well and it was a bit like well how the fuck does that happen you know they got burned at the venue and they're dying like two weeks later what a sports newspaper starts investigating this 
because the press in Romania just do not want to essentially combat the government on this stuff and find that the level of active ingredients in the disinfectants used in hospitals was like a tenth of what they should have been because the pharmaceutical company selling the stuff to the hospitals was diluting it but still selling it for the same price fucking hell yeah yeah it goes on from there and the level of corruption fucking everywhere in that healthcare system jesus christ first half of the film is about the sports papers investigation the second half of the film is about an incoming minister for health who is having to pick up the pieces and deal with all the bullshit for like people trying to protect other people and the hurdles he faces faces and maybe the biggest hurdle being an election where if his party loses all his work will probably be fucked it's it grips you like a it grips you like a fucking vice does collective um it's really powerful stuff it's unflinching but it also plays like a thriller like it's very cinematic in its storytelling um but it's 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 very very real um i i will say there is like footage of that incident in that club happening which is incredibly distressing um and there is some footage later on of some of the infections that these people who had these burns got like one person who only had burns on about 15 percent of their body fucking died and it's like it, it's just it's wrong it I mean, it's so fucking wrong um and the the, the ending of this film i'm not going to spoil it but jaw on the floor and again incredibly fucking relevant for what is happening and this is it's not the the scary thing is now at this point a couple of years ago i don't think i would have seen this but at this point i could see this kind of thing happening in the uk a few years down the line it's fucking scary um oh for sure mate yeah the the fact that my octopus teacher is the favorite for best documentary for the at the with the bookies at the moment at the oscars is ridiculous i like my octopus teacher it's a lovely film really gorgeous to look at i fucking love that octopus but it's a film about a, a guy making friends with an octopus and to be honest it kind of feels like because he knew he was making a documentary crip camp it, it is more interesting collective is a better and more necessary film um i've got two more best documentary uh ones to watch i i i almost hope they don't have the effect on me that collective did if i'm honest um it's a stunning bit of work 
Um, and I'm just, I'm, you know, very, very, very sorry for the, the, the people who have been fucked by the things depicted in that film. Uh, but like I say, it's, it's really quite cinematic. It, as a film, it engages you. Hell of a watch it is. Hell of a watch. Yeah, I'll definitely be getting to that. It's fucking, it's fucking crazy. It is like, uh, no, I mean, like, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it some other time, man. But yeah, just, right. Um, <laughs> also in my Oscar catch up, here's a fucking shift. Disney Plus is the one and only Ivan nominated for best visual effects. Oh, so you're the person who's watched it. <laughs> I am indeed. Uh, a person. little light came on and someone went, what the fuck? Someone's watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a fucking shift, man. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so it, it's very, very loosely based on the story of a real gorilla. In this film, Ivan, voiced by Sam Rockwell, is the star attraction of a mall circus. Yeah, it's a circus in a mall. Yeah. Never knew that was a thing. Um, He becomes jealous of the new star attraction, a baby elephant. Um, But he then realizes the baby elephant needs to be free. Brian Cranston plays the ringmaster who is occasionally mean when the story needs him to be, but then sometimes is very nice and is generally a nice guy, despite the fact that he is the ringmaster of a mall circus. <laughs> this film is like doing some fucking contortions to try and go, well, you know, he's, He's not nice because, you know, it's a mall circus and he's he's keeping them trapped there. But he is nice because he just he just doesn't want them to die somewhere else. But he's not nice because he's making the baby elephant do do things that she's not really capable of doing. But he is nice because he really loves Ivan and he, he puts his head to him and calls him old buddy or something. It. it yeah, it, it's. It feels like a story that didn't need that particular aspect of the story didn't need to be told. The true life aspect of it, that Ivan made a picture that kind of resembled the wild and made people think, hmm, maybe he shouldn't be in captivity. That that part of the story. Yeah, fair enough. You know, that's 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 very nice. But it, it, it doesn't really work. I give it three out of five because I like gorillas. <laughs> I liked Ivan. He was a good dude. The visual effects, decent. In any other year where other blockbusters are coming out, this would not be getting a visual effects nomination. But I like Ivan, and Danny DeVito voices a dog. Three out of five. <laughs> I think that's all I've got to say about the one and only Ivan. But yes. I watched it, so you don't have to unless you're being a completist like I am. Uh, finally, in my thematic cavalcade, before Godzilla vs. Kong, I watched the previous films in the Monsterverse. Godzilla, Gareth Edwards' is Godzilla. 
when I first watched it. It was in my bottom 10 of the year. Now, in a switch up from my Wonder Woman um, thinkings, I think it's a solid four out of five. Um, which, is, which is weird. Which is because, weird. Because when I first watched Godzilla, I actually quite enjoyed it. And then when I rewatched it, I really didn't. <laughs> Maybe you need to rewatch it again. Maybe. The thing is, it's about how fucking scary would it be if this was happening? That's what this film is about. And I get it now. You know, you're seeing glimpses of Godzilla, but then at the end, you get a Godzilla battle once you realise, oh shit, he's on our side. Until then, it is quite scary. It's mysterious. It's what the fuck is going on. And I like that. When I first saw it, and when I saw it for the second time, I think I was very, I want to see Godzilla stomping things. <laughs> and that's not necessarily what this film is concerned about. It's concerned about showing you the terror of Godzilla, but then the terror of what these other monsters can do. And then the realisation that Godzilla is actually a very good boy. <laughs> Speaking of very good boys, Kong Skull Island with my best boy, Kong. Who's my best friend, King Shark or Kong? I don't know, actually. I think they're both my best friends. <laughs> and the thing I noticed here, Kong, he's a bubba Kong. He's not fully grown. I'm looking forward to seeing fit King Kong tomorrow when I finally see Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I like Kong Skull Island. Um, it's directed by a man who apparently isn't great and Samuel L. Jackson basically said was useless. Um, but I think Samuel L. Jackson does quite well here. I like the Apocalypse Now vibe of it. I like that he went so hard, like hard on, let's just do Apocalypse Now. I respect that. Tom Middleston and Brie Larson, bizarre casting because their roles, they are like the lead humans, but... At the same time, the, the roles aren't that substantial. I think if Brie Larson was offered this a couple of years later, she'd be like, <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Tom Hiddleston would be pretty close to that as well, to be honest. I think his agent said, look, this is a chance for you to go outside of Marvel and do your thing. Didn't really work. And now his agent's saying you need to stick with Marvel. It's why, he, you know, which is why he's doing Loki, you know, um, it's, but I really, really like Kong's, Kong Skull Island. I think the action's great. The I, I, I think it's shot really well. Pardon me. I, yeah, uh, I really like the cast. I mean, the cast is fucking stacked. That cast is ridiculous. It is a heck of a cast. Yeah, just for considering it's Kong. Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, John C. Riley, John Ortiz, um, uh, Shea Wiggum, uh, fucking um, uh, Jason Mitchell. You know, it, it, it's there's a lot of like good, solid character actors and names here. You know, and John C. Riley's good value as well. Actually, he's really fun. So yeah, Conscar Island. I've watched it a few times now, and I'm 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 pretty much at I really fucking like this film level. So great. Uh, lastly, for me, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, 
I liked it more than I did in the cinema. I think I had to stick up my ass a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, but it is about two hours long and has a 20, 25 minute stretch in the middle, which is fucking nothing. Um, also, Millie Bobby Brown contributes almost fuck all. And I'm kind of hoping she's the sacrificial lamb in Godzilla versus Kong. I don't think she's going to be. I don't think she's going to be either. Um, I have higher expectations for that movie. Yeah, I mean, like, the word on Godzilla versus Kong is good. And there's just... There's too many monsters in King of the Monsters. I know it sounds silly, but there's just... there's, There's too many threats. It's just... Let's chill out. And... Uh, I you know Kyle Chandler I like Kyle Chandler is he necessarily the lead at this point of God the human lead of Godzilla King of the Monsters probably not have you watched this yet Beck? no I thought you had no. I haven't watched it yet I, I and I mean Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler are both in Godzilla versus Kong um I get the impression Kyle Chandler is barely in it Millie Bobby Brown not in it that much uh, it, but I, do, I, I don't think it would be necessary. Who you do have in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is Alexander Skarsgård, who gave one of the best interviews I've ever read in my life the other day, where yeah. he basically said, no one is going to see this film because of me, and then proceeded to spend the rest of the interview just answering tr- like very uh, honestly to questions the interviewer was just making up. Yeah about how he spent six months in the centre of the earth studying to be a geologist with Kong for this role. <laughs> it was it, it was a very good piss-taking interview, wasn't it? And, and, but, but the thing but is... Done, but done in a very nice way. Yeah, not in a... a no, not in a this film is shit way, just... Nope. I know people are not going to see Godzilla vs. Kong for Alexander Skarsgård, even though Donna pointed out, no, no, no. He is in it for all the people who are having to see Godzilla versus Kong because their partner wants to. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, can't argue with that. Don, do you want to see Godzilla versus Kong? Not really. You know, you win some, you lose some. I, I, I still love the fact that he, the, the, the picture that he has chosen to have on his uh, IFDB profile. It is fucking incredible that picture. I I hope that's on there for in eternity. He's very pretty, isn't he? But he just seems like a laugh as well. Like him yeah. drunkenly shouting at people while watching football. There's some videos of that. That's some funny shit. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm done anyway. Looking forward to Godzilla versus Kong. I'm I'm kind of feeling the monster verse at this uh, at this point. So yeah, going in with a with a with a f- open heart. Oh, I'm actually really looking point. forward to rewatching them all. To be fair, and and watching King of the Monsters for the first time before we watch Godzilla versus Kong. So strap into that bitch. No. <laughs> I mean yes. I'm not gonna. Um. Right. Let's go. Let's go. Motherfucker. We completed our in-betweeners rewatch, didn't we? We did. We, we needed to round it out, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, so we watched the in-betweeners too. Um, I, the... I remember thinking that was all right. Yeah, what started out literally as, oh shit, 
We haven't picked a film and dinner's ready. We haven't picked a film and dinner's ready, and so we're going to watch something with dinner. And so we're like, fuck it. Bang, there we go. In between. It's basically in between. I don't know why we decided on that. It's because I'd shown you that video clip that had been doing on Twitter of Neil dancing. And so so we, we just did that. At that point, I don't think we expected to watch all three series and the movies in like a three-week period. No. Um, yeah, The In Between the Two is, is quite fun. It's funny, but it's also got an alarming amount of kind of heart to it. It kind of it does round off the sort of the, the characters quite well. Mm. It's quite a good send off for them. Mm. It kind of makes sense. And I think holistically going back to the whole caboodle of it all, um, it, it's it's actually really quite good mm. as a whole thing, and it's not aged like you would think it does. And it's not as crass as you imagine it being. Partially, because you remember it. No, being. partially because the crassness is you're you're not looking at it laughing along with them. You're look you're watching it, and it is being portrayed as you're supposed to go. God, you're a dickhead. Yeah. The problem is that it it underestimates how dumb the British public is because some people will think that's funny, and it is led to. Things out of their control. Yeah. So yeah, imagery two is is fun, and the a great moment of them essentially calling out um, the upper class gap year students. Yeah. Being spiritual (laughs) was fantastic. Um, what else did we watch? We rewatched Behind Enemy Lines, didn't we? Yeah. Because it's on Star, and we've got to watch a Star movie every now and again. Yeah. Um. It's good is is behind enemy lines. It's fun. It is a bit of an advert for the military yes. <laughs> at points. And Owen Wilson should not be in more non-comedy roles. No, possibly not. No. Because you're watching and going, but it's Owen Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> and he does his is I, I can never like when he when he does that face that he does, I can never not see him in Zoolander now. Like yeah. when he's when he's doing his facial poses. Yeah. And that is just his face. Like, he does that with his face just generally. Uh, so it's quite distracting. Yeah. Another Star Watch. Yeah. We watched Cocktail, didn't we? We did. I'm not sure why I watched Cocktail. I don't know, actually. But we did. Why did we watch Cocktail? No idea. But I quite like Cocktail. Oh, it's got an awful message. It's it? an awful message, yeah. It's... You're watching it going... going why is it an awful message, Becky? Look at that, that bit where is where she kind of basically suggests to him that he's going to try it on with her, and he's like, "Do you own half of Manhattan?" Well, no. Well, then you're safe. And he's like, "Oh my fucking god!" Yeah, and then he becomes interested when he finds out that, yeah, she, that, that she's she actually, actually does. That yeah. she's actually quite wealthy. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, in that sense, it has a terrible message. Yeah. But it's watchable in it. It's yeah, fun to watch. Yeah, 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 it's <laughs> it's fun right. to look at. Yeah, and then that, that that other man, he shoots his head off. Yeah, Brian Brown shoots his own face off. Yeah. I didn't remember that bit at all. He does, yeah. 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 Because. Because he's poor. It's very money-centric, this money. <laughs> it's this film, so 80s. It? Yeah. 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 Awful, I, awful. I, it, it, 
it also it is responsible for every fucking dickhead who works in a cocktail bar thinking that it makes them better than any other barman. And thinking that it's acceptable to take like 10 minutes to make a drink. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, Bang it in the glass and put an umbrella it, it's in it. showing off for the sake of it. it one of my one of my best moments that I have ever had of, of, of somebody just fucking uh, just not standing for that bullshit. I would go mildly off topic here. Slight tangent is myself and Maka went to a bar. One of my uh, friends went to a bar, um, and I think you will agree here. Maka is one of the most pleasant and nice people out there, isn't he? He's not. He's one of those people who just never had a bad word. Doesn't have a bad word to say about people, does he? He always all. see the good in people. He will always see the good in people. Uh, it is why for a long time he was the yin to my yang. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we're in this this cocktail bar in York, this new cocktail bar in, in York, and we'd gone in for a drink, and we've ordered these drinks. And Mac was hammered, and I was I wasn't quite hammered, but Macron, we I met Macron, he was he he'd be out drinking during the day, and he was very very drunk. And the guys making these drinks in front of us and honestly it, it took him to make two cocktails it, it took him over five minutes mm. and there was like six girls at a table at the back and me and Macca in the in the entire bar so it wasn't like he was showing off to anybody and we were clearly not interested in him doing this but he was still doing all of the what is it and we're stood there and he's like, he's rubbed an orange peel around the rim of the glass and along the stem of the glass and did all this stuff and then sprayed something in front of us before we drank it. So what is it? And then Maka just grabs the drink, necks it, puts it down and goes, can I have another one? <laughs> fucking dick about this time, you, pont- you uh, pretentious prick. Nice. Um, <laughs> and the guy like sort of looked at us and just went, the theatre is part of the whole thing. You went, you're a fucking barman and accept it, dickhead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so which, for the first time in my life, I had to be the, the like the sensible and embarrassed one with Maka. And I was like, I'm going to sit down and I'll wait for these next ones. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird thing, though. Like I When I used to work at a cocktail bar and they were like, oh... Yeah, you need to learn to do the flare with the glasses, and like if you get really good at it, they have flare competitions. And um, I was like, like, but you've put me on making the drinks for the tables in the restaurant because I'm underage, so no one can see me. Oh yeah, but it's good practice, isn't it? It's like I'm just gonna make them, I'm just gonna make the drinks because the people at the table can't see me. And it's like they, they have they, they like for a while there it was like a whole thing wasn't it like this this bullshittery. Yes, I got away with it when I worked at a cocktail bar. Uh, I'm, I'm terrible for podcast there, but I'm doing the the bunny ears thing. I got away with it when I worked at a cocktail bar because it was a gay bar and I didn't have to do that because apparently I was gay a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get bought an awful lot of drink when I worked at that gay bar. It was fantastic. Yeah, all those drink tokens. Yeah. Good times. Good time. Um, what else to watch? What call? Do you get fucked by anyone in the gay bar, Mark? I'm just going to ask. Becky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good answer. <laughs> I, 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 it was alarming how many times I went to the toilet and saw someone getting blown. Though. <laughs> yeah. Fucking day, eh? Yeah. Um, we watched Cold Creek Manor. 
Another stars watch. We watched Cold Creek Manor because you went to type cocktail in and got as far as CO and then went, oh, Cold Creek Manor's on there. Yeah. Mike Feig's movie um, starring uh, Dennis Quaid, Sharon Stone, Stephen Dorff, Juliet Lewis, Kirsten Stewart and Christopher Plummer. Say the director's name again, Mark. Mark Figgis. Say it again. Mike Figgis. Yeah, okay. The first time around was Mike Feig. Was it? (laughs) I think it's because I was already trying to read the cast out of my brain. Yeah, all right. No, I just... Feig in there either. No, but just, I got excited. (laughs) I'm so sorry, man. I just, I just, I had to. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think about this, Bex? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit crap, isn't it? Yeah. Was, was that your review? Just like barely audible, meh. <laughs> it is. That's it. It's like, so what? Have you ever seen this, Ian? I'll explain uh, uh, briefly so we can move on. What I'll explain year did it come out? Right? You've not seen it then? What year did it come out? 2003. I'm pretty fucking sure that I was working at Blockbuster and took this as part of my 10 free rentals a week. And I could not tell you the first thing about it. That doesn't surprise me because I watched it only a week ago and I'm struggling sure um, but the premise of it is right Sharon Stone's character works away a lot right and at the start of the movie she is on a plane with her boss her boss basically tells her that if he if, if she fucks him she's going to get a promotion midway through that conversation or just at the end of that conversation, she gets a phone call, isn't she, on the plane, mm. right? And she's talking to her husband, Dennis Quaid, right? Who we find out is a documentary filmmaker, but makes no money doing it. So essentially, she's supporting it, and he's basically a house husband with a hobby. He's having this conversation, and then his son nearly gets run over because he runs out into the middle of the road, a busy road as well, yeah. isn't it? It's not like it's the road outside their house. It's a busy road near the school. So do you know what? That's it. They've got to sell up and move out of New York in the country because it's too dangerous. Right? So they do that. And then inexplicably, for no reason, Sharon Stone's character just admits, for no reason, literally, like, they're just having breakfast, just like going, do you know what? What? Do you know what happened just before we moved out? What? I nearly fucked my boss for a promotion. I was going to do it. And Dennis Quaid's like, what? But then nothing else happens because of that. No. And Stephen Dorff no. walks around this shirt off a lot. I mean, that's quite nice. It, yeah, the Dorffness is quite good. Yeah. Um, Juliet Lewis plays Juliet Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. It's had quite a toned down Juliet Lewis, though, to be fair. I get the feeling there was a lot of cuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah, it's an odd one. I think Stephen Dorff is easily the best thing in it. Like he does the menacing element of what he's supposed to be being quite yeah, well. No, but, but at points it makes you try. Shakes a snake at them. At, some it, it, at points it makes you try to think that it that he's not the bad guy in it. But you're going, but he clearly is because he's Stephen Dorff. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Um, rewatch Blade Runner 2049. 
Yeah, nice. we did. Um, looks fantastic in 4K on iTunes. Um, How's our Anna Darmas doing? Tell her I say hi. She's doing, she's doing good, isn't she? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 is, it is really fucking good. It is really good. Like Mental that somebody else has given uh, Dennis Villeneuve 200 million to make another sci-fi epic that nobody will go and see. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they won't. They won't. Really you. You're really psyched for you, right? The people who make it, who who turn a movie from making sixty million dollars or even a hundred million dollars to a movie that makes five hundred million dollars, don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> it's Dune and No Time to Die are out in very close proximity to each other, and that feels like death for Dune. Yeah, but I'm very much looking forward to it because what Villeneuve does, and with the aid of very good performances and um, you know Roger Deakins' fantastic cinematography in it, mm. um, is is incredible. Uh, it's also it, it it's a lot longer in the movie that you get Harrison Ford than I remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, we watch that's like. It comes into it with only like you know it, it, it's it's a two and a half hour movie or two hour forty minute movie. Mm. About an hour forty five in, in it. Sorry. Yeah, it, it's it's two hours in. Yeah. So if he's only in it for like the last, he's not in it a lot. He's not in it a lot at all now. Which is quite good now with Harrison Ford because Aww. yeah, but he don't give a shit, does he? He's good in this. He's all right in this. Mm. It, but he, he's not doing much. He's just walking around being old and craggy. I mean, that's what he's good at. He's, he's quite craggy in the first one. Like, he's quite grumpy in the first one. I, I, but, yeah, it, it, it's, it's very good. It is very, very good. And there's some solid car action on display. There's some good car action. Um, it looks beautiful. I think the issue with it is it suffers from not being not being the first one. And it, it isn't as good as Blade Runner. But it's very, very fucking good. But I think... When you've got that level of expectation in your mind, nothing's gonna fucking live up to it. Like it, 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 it is my favourite film. Nothing was ever gonna live up to Blade Runner. No, but I think you. But I, I think it's good that you liked Blade Runner twenty forty nine as much mm. as you do. It, mm. it is quite comfy. Yeah. You, you weren't having to make excuses for liking it. It is a really, really good film. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, for instance, um, Rambo: Last Blood, I could see why people were shitting on that. Mm. But I got enough out of it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, there is that. Um, we watched Kid Detective. Yes. Um, not a touch oh, nice. because it's because it, it is a relatively new film. And although we are all spoilers all the time, we do when we review stuff like this as what we've been watching. We try not to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this it's really really good. It is actually. It's I, really I was, entertaining. Sorry. Babe. I was I was shocked actually. I wasn't expecting to like this as much as I did. I I like Adam Brody. I like Adam Brody. I really like him as a. I I think his career trajectory that he's gone on, that he's purposefully chosen, mm. is really fucking interesting. Uh, the fact that he went, I could go down the just being in rom coms and being quippy, but I'm not. I'm going to try and do interesting things. It's it's fun playing on the whole uh, noir gumshoe kind of element of it. Yeah. Of, of doing that, and it's funny playing on that, and it is outright 
really funny at points. Yeah. But it does have some kicker moments in it as well. Mm. And it the the moments where it, it it has the drama and it has the oh okay moment. It has absolutely earned those moments. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it's, it's very, very good. And so you get that and it has a fucking gr- a, a brilliant last shot. Mm. Like if we're talking underappreciated last shots of last bits of movies, it's up, it, it, it is possibly up there with taking a Pelham one, two, three, <laughs> which I still think like one of the greatest endings of a movie of all time. Good movie, that. It's a fucking great movie. Uh, and then finally, our final one is we rewatched off the back of this actually, didn't we? Kid Detective. Did we? Yeah. I didn't realise that was your thought process. Yeah. What was your connective tissue there? Noir elements. Uh, hmm. Yeah. We rewatched uh Rian Johnson's Brick. Yes. Okay. Um It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it it, it really is actually. I didn't get on with Brick when I watched it. Or I did. Whereas you did. Um but really appreciated it this time. I think maybe I was just in a funk when we watched it the first time. And there's do you know what there is little bits that make it a little bit impenetrable i guess to start off with like getting used to the, the dialogue like the dialogue and, and the sort of the rhythm of their dialogue as well for actually understanding what they're saying even if you don't understand what they're saying if that makes sense i, I think also as well um switching to the fact that it's it's a it's a noir film about schoolyard politics yeah yeah and so some of the stuff they're saying, it's been treated with this real sort of melodrama element to it. But it's really, if you're looking at it, you're going, but that's really fucking frivolous stuff. Why are you taking <laughs> it so seriously? And you're going, because to them, it is everything. Mm, mm. It's, it, that, that's a really fun element to it. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think it holds up really, really well. Mm. Some of the acting, it's a little bit not there but it's a very it's a very low budget movie kind of gave me um slight shades of um under the silver lake vibes yeah there's definitely that element to it yeah that kind of laid back lazy uh la look to it um but yeah thematically as well obviously because he's obviously he's trying to work out like what's going on uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but yeah it's i mean for a movie that was under five hundred thousand to make is 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 ridiculous, and you know people would look back and go, "We well, just got we just got it hadn't really done anything post, you know, he'd done a few bits post the Rock from the Sun, mm. but this was the thing that kind of made people notice, catapulted him into, oh shit, it's that kid from the Rock from the Sun. It's now it's now that early film Joseph Gordon Levitt rather than yeah. that film where the girl from Lost dies. Yeah, which was like a really big thing when it came out. Yeah. Oh, the girl from Lost in it. It's just like all, all the posters and everything. Like real fucking briefly. Yeah. And then she's done nothing ever since. Uh, yeah, that's 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 everything we've watched this week. Well, no, not one more, obviously. <laughs> Was it right for Sylvia Otterson to kill her unborn child simply because she couldn't keep track of who the father was? That was her choice. Maybe she was afraid. What about you, Harry? 
You have a woman who loves you. A boy who's devoted to you. Why did you abandon them? They deserve better. <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> because I'm selfish. The Snowman is directed by Thomas Alfredson and stars Michael F. Aspender, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny Twice. again. Twice! Twice! Uh, yeah. Um, uh, fucking uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg, and uh, uh, Val Kilmer. Maybe his voice. Spits. Who knows? Not his voice. I mean, wow, we. Um, right. So. I. I my 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 key memory of seeing this in the cinema was that a, a guy I worked with Al was also in the same screening, but I didn't know he was there until the end. I stood up and I saw him in the aisle, and he just looked at me. He was just like, well, I could tell by the look of your face, you thought exactly the same as I did. What the fuck was that? Yeah, I mean that. For me, that is the snowman. What the fuck was that? I am fascinated to turn the spotlight on Becky and say, Miss Police, you had all the clues. Do you think you could have saved her? Because I think any other person on Earth probably would have been able to save some people here. But Michael F. Aspender just isn't capable. What did you think of the snowman, Bex? I think, obviously, it's 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 my first time watching it, and I think the amount of mocking of it that you guys do had maybe tempered my expectations to the point where I actually didn't hate it because I was expecting it to be so much worse. I think. I mean, the the story is relatively incoherent, but you can make it up in your head from bits that you're given. Can, 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 you shouldn't uh, have to. Can, can I just point something out? Go on. That, that, that I think is it, it, it is good to point. This is the right time to point this out. Um, Ian will, will know this, but it, it's writing, isn't it? That. The director has readily admitted that 15 to 20 percent of the scripts just didn't get shot. Yep. <laughs> and that's not a that's like a fifth of the movie. Yeah, that's a significant chunk. Yeah. But yeah, I think you can piece it together and you can make a little bit of sense of it. But I, I feel like obviously with that, it's not a good movie, but it can you can piece together a coherent story from it. Fuck's sake. Sorry, I, I messaged Mark earlier something saying he asked me a question. I put no idea, and he's just sent me a picture of a fucking deer with no eyes. Very My good. God, Mark, you are an idiot. Very good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but there's there's little bits where you can. I'm not high fiving that. Fuck off. There's little bits where. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
where it makes it glaringly obvious like you could you could just pass it off as a bad film that didn't really <coughs> flesh out its story properly apart from there's a couple of bits there's like there's the bit where um there's the bit where um he's speaking to his like researchy type guys isn't he yeah. when he's chasing after them yeah and um they mention about the um, the family history of of matthias 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 whatever the fuck he's called um and they basically say the same bit twice different ways yeah um in answer to different questions and it's like well that's clearly just being shot twice and pieced fucking together aren't it lazily um and there's a bit where he's he's speaking to him on the ice um he's saying oh you know it wasn't her that left you she's not the one that let you down it's your father blah blah blah. and it's obviously supposed to be this really poignant fucking moment where um he's making him you know rethink the way that he sees the world and shit but he's not earned that because I'm guessing that part of that 15 to 20 percent that didn't get shot was him maybe looking into it a bit like he has no context or background or any information like on that to kind of to, to make that for he's not earned being able to make that statement to him in the film go on what there's another bit that, that, that I'll, I'll, I'll come to when I, I, I find it about no, that, do it now. That, I, that I think that, that is uh is the whole right but where was that so, because uh, it's either was this your second watch? Yes. And it was your first watch. Inexplicably, it's my third watch. Um, Fucking hell, Mark. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, Bex, I, I can't pose a question to you then. The whole J.K. Simmons subplot, mm. right? That's nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No. I. At all. No, it doesn't, does it? Nope. Goes nowhere either. He doesn't get his comeuppance. His uppance did not come. No, it didn't. <gasps> oh my god, that bit as well. Like it's not it's not related to missing information missing stuff in the story, but that fucking bit where he's talking to um what's the face, Rebecca Ferguson at the party. And then like <laughs> just <laughs> Well, he just takes a photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He walks like five steps away and speaks to his quote marks, oh, yeah. his man, and then sends him back to proposition her and give her a key card. But he's like, he's still, <laughs> he's still right there. He stood right there, like peeping round a corner at a creepily fucking hell that cracked us up, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's it, it, it was the most my mate fancies you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That bit was just fucking off. Oh, and the bit, the bit where um he goes to her apartment and she like attacks him, as well. Yeah. It's like right. There's clearly something missing there that's yeah, made right. her attack him because she wouldn't just attack. Nothing has led up to her attacking him like that. Oh. Then he takes the gun and she gets her oven gun out. And then we were questioning whether everyone <laughs> in Norway has an oven gun. I mean this. I mean this. This film has got some like people escalating quickly i mean what about that bit where michael f arsbender walks into his house see that sees that fumigator and fucking shoots at him yeah and and, and, and as was pointed out on the how did this get made uh podcast literally the only reason why he doesn't commit murder is because he's a bad shot 
it is incredible. Like the shit. The thing is, the fifteen twenty percent of the script feels like it's almost like every sixth line. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like a sequence, a, a segment that they went. We probably don't need to do this. It is. It, it's literally the connective tissue. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is a, a fucking. It, it's a baffling film. Um, I think it looks. Kermode used to say this being televisual, and he doesn't say it so much now because a lot, like a lot of the high-end TV, looks like a film. But this, for me, looks televisual. It's a, a weird aspect ratio to start with, and there's tiny black bars at the top and bottom. But it's it, it it's very blown out, and it, it it doesn't look like there was an awful lot of thought or attention paid, other than it's snowy as fuck. Can I point out though that my my major problem, I think you shared this actually, Becky, with um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is that looks like a television program. Yeah, looks like sure. a TV special. Uh, yeah, I it, it, I, I I haven't watched it. I I could believe that. I'll say that. Um, Don't waste your time. I I I quite like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but I no, fair enough. Um. It's just so many choices are the wrong choice in this. Mm. Like, he's called Harry Hole for a start. It's just terrible fucking name. Um, and again, and I mean, a lot of this is going to come from how did this get made? Because that podcast is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like the things that are pointed out in that. But. From the start, you're just almost like in media res of a kid being punished because he doesn't know enough about the Norwegian government. And it's like, what, what is this about? Yeah. It, and like, also as well, the weird punishment of him getting, of his mother getting coffee beans thrown at her. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's oh, like all specific. <laughs> All these things build up to what he is doing with the snowman, you know, like he's like coffee beans for like the smile and yes. the, the the whole kind of like get an answer wrong. And I, even though the, the, the get an answer wrong and I'll punish the other person thing only really t- it only turns up at the end. You know, it's the only time he's actually got somebody else stuck there. Uh, I mean, Chloe Sevigny turning up twice like the actress who was supposed to play one of the sisters didn't turn up yeah. so they were like can you just be a twin yeah it, it, it literally is like, it's like what we'll do is we'll we'll straighten your hair and we'll put some makeup on you and it'll be fine either that or like chloe savigny in every single one of her contracts has got just a weird stipulation where it's like i must be in at least four percent of any film i'm in and they found that with the one character she was only in 3.8 yeah and they went Whoop, whoop, we've got to get you on for another 85 seconds, we reckon. I mean, it's bizarre that Chloe Sevigny is in that role. Yeah. But it's such a nothing role, and you yet get, she plays twins. Yeah, you get the feeling that A, there was supposed to be more to that, and B, she signed on when Scorsese was set to direct. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Um, the the whole, I mean, like the killer, like Donna, like came in and out of the film. She watched that scene of him on the train with Fassbender, and she just went, "Is he the killer?" Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. He, uh, he he he's he is so the killer the first time he turns up. You go, oh, it's him then. <laughs> the, the, the thing is when he was on the train with fastbender it was like don't worry i'll cover for you i actually thought i feel like an idiot for saying this but i actually thought oh that's interesting that they're just gonna have a decent relationship i thought it was wrong footing you earlier on it's like actually no that guy's all right and it's like he's gonna like he just likes fastbender no he's the killer um so fair play it wrong footed me because i thought the film was smarter than it was but also it 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 never explains the reason why um it can't be explained that michael fassbender is oleg's dad but he's not he's not he's not no i don't think so she's just he's just one of the boyfriends she's had since like he Oleg says at one point, like you're not a boyfriend anymore. Yeah, but it, it's weird. It, it, it seems I thought it intimated that he was the dad. It kind of, it, well, it, it it does kind of, but I don't. It never confirms it. It's alright. I've got six books to read, and then I'll be able to tell you. <laughs> it's book seven of the fucking Harry Hall series. No, it's not actually pronounced Harry Hall, no, in the books, is it? No. No. Don't tell me it's Holly. It is yeah. actually Holly. It is Holly, yeah. Is it? Oh, why? That's it. it. It's not. It's not in the books. It's Harry Holly. Right. Okay. So why didn't they just like go? Do you know what? In English, Harry Hall sounds fucking daft, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it actually says in the again in the trivia on IMDb for this. Hole roughly translates as hill from Norwegian to English. So what? That that's fucking worse. He's Harry Hill. That is worse. That is worse. Just, worse. just no, call him Harry Holly. Yeah. Yeah. But don't, right, don't sorry, a... you're missing the bigger fucking question here. Why start with book fucking seven? Hey, books one to six were shit. Well, no, they're all very highly rated on Amazon. A lot of books are highly rated. Now I've read some books. Oh, on the fuck it. I know we've used this word already today in the recording, but the hubris of making that film and then trying to set up a sequel. No. Right. I have a worse bit. I have a worse bit. Right. So, I get it that the movie, that the book was was written in 2007, I believe. Right. Right. But the movie appears to be set based on the the forms of things we use. Appears to be set closer to the time of being made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So why do they seem so fucking baffled? by the sheer idea of what essentially is an iPad that they've put into a big, huge fucking right. box. Right. Let's talk about that for a second. The amount of time that is dedicated to that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. And again, they say it on how did this get made, but yeah. I watched this and was like, yeah, her like not even hiding it up on that shelf oh. just placing it on that shelf and that just you know, really fucking subtle. 
And the whole, I mean, I know you said it earlier on, Mark, but it's fucking hilarious how much J.K. Simmons' character is in this film and how it's like, oh, she's dead now, never mind, moving on. It's fucking embarrassing. It is. It it, it, it almost renders not only J.K. Simmons' character irrelevant, Mm. but it almost renders Rebecca Ferguson's character irrelevant. Apparently she doesn't die in the book. At this point, you're looking at her going, she doesn't look dead. She doesn't look dead. I, I know she is dead, but she looks like she's got a bit more colour. Yeah, yeah. She does. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She looks She looks better there yeah. than at any other point in the movie. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking shambles is the snowman i it's it is i mean one of one of the worst put together films i've like especially like hollywood like major release films there has been in years um i mean it but it's also it's both entertaining in that way like just whenever there's a reveal of a snowman it's so funny <laughs> like and just the the marco beltrami's score so johnny greenwood did a score which was rejected and marco beltrami came came in as a substitute and his loud noises whenever a snowman is revealed it it's what the fuck am i watching i mean i know i, I said it at the start of the show but the double-faced snowman. <laughs> yeah. Like this, and also, I mean, and again, how this get made? But Jesus fucking Christ, the fact that the killer is in his house playing that same very distinct song that was playing at a previous murder scene, and there is that guy just dancing in his house, and he doesn't put two and two together. Like Harry Hole deserves to be killed at the end of this film. <laughs> like it, it's he is so dumb. He doesn't figure anything out. Nope. Um, Rebecca Ferguson figures more out than him about a completely separate case that has, actually has nothing to do with the main case, as it turns out, and is then unceremoniously killed. You, to the to, to the to the point of where I think you go, wait, she dead? Oh, all right. Yeah. What's the point? She's no, I don't want to be involved in this fucking shite anymore. Just kill me off. Given it, the personnel involved, though, it like it, it's mind blowing. This baffling. The, the also as well, you know, the weirdness of that of the creepy doctor. Yeah. Right. So when he's sat there, he's got like his nails painted for some reason. His toenails painted. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's very chill, that doctor. He is, it's, it's so odd. Yeah, it's... There's so much this movie that just... It, it, I think even if you put another 20% into it, it still wouldn't make sense. Mm. And I mean, like, 
Val, I enjoyed Val Kilmer on screen here when he just like had enough of talking to Toby Jones, just went out that window. Yeah, <laughs> and just started literally just waving his butt at him. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's just doing what we all really secretly want to do. Yep. And, and you know, the, the the dubbing is bad, but the reasons for it are quite fair sad. enough. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, there's just the weird thing is, is Val Kilmer now is really whenever you see him sort of talking about looking back on his movies, he's really quite. You can tell he is like, do you know what? I wish I could go back and do all this stuff now, but I can't because of health reasons. Mm. Because he's like, do you know what? I I actually had a good time doing it, and I actually I, I it, it, you know I. Yeah, it isn't quite the movie we set out to make, but I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. And you're going, do you know what, Val? We wish it wasn't, but it kind of is. I, do you know what? I enjoyed it enough, to be fair. I was fine with it, but I think our our sort of passion for this type of movie <laughs> yeah. carried us through it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. But it's just... I do wonder whether the character is competent in the books. Well, he must be. They don't review his cases because... Look, look, these are the cases of somebody who's just terrible. Oh, no. And he, he literally at one point, when his boss says, you've got to come to work, and he basically goes, yeah, well, someone's got to get murdered, haven't they? It's like, yeah, they do, actually. That's a good point. <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not the best. And why did the why do the offices look like they're Google? <laughs> I, I I did enjoy that kind of base that they set themselves up in in the second half of the film where they're already practicing social distancing. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I also enjoyed the fact that that that, that Harry Holler literally destroys the idea of a lockable file cabinet by just turning it over and removing the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> just like, with grit. There wasn't any of me getting a knife and trying to jimmy it up, and it was just like, boom, bang, done, gone. He just seems to steal files from Rebecca Ferguson. That is the only thing he's good at. <laughs> yeah. That and falling asleep outside of places. He does do that. He walked by a bar, looks at it, goes, that looks like fun. Next shot, he's asleep outside. He's asleep outside, yeah, quite. There's not even any fucking of him getting drunk. No. He's just asleep outside Maybe of it. Maybe that's part of the 20%. It, it... <laughs> it's an awful film. It is. Charlotte Gainsbourg, isn't it? Right? Literally, like she went, like they went, right, it's winter, it's nowhere, I'm wearing a miniskirt. It's winter, I'm wearing a miniskirt and I run an art gallery. Okay, but how about no, I am wearing miniskirts and I run an art gallery. Okay, fine, yeah, sure, that's fine. We did decide as well, didn't we, that we only agreed, that she only agreed to do it because she forced them to put a sex. Oh yeah, that, that that literally. I don't think that. I, I think they were supposed to have an argument, and she just went, mm, "What was Charlotte Gainsbourg doing this How about season?" If I dry hump him full yeah. clothed, yeah, but in a miniskirt, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what happened there. Yeah. I do I, I, I do like me some Charlotte Gainsbourg, though. Like, I'll agree, she has a weird energy to her. She's <laughs> a horny bitch, don't she? Yeah, she's French, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> it's out of her control. Yeah, it's out of her control. It's just genetic. <laughs> all French women are horny, and all French men are skeezy. Wow, we definitely, definitely shit. <laughs> Geostorm. Oh, f- no, no, it's definitely shit. I, 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 yeah, I, I, it's I, not I, so bad. It's good. I am, I am in Geostorm because I, I, I have watched it now three times. I don't think, and at all times, I have been all right with it. And I, Actually, yeah, I'm changing mine to shit. If Mark's watched it three times, it's shit. And then the other thing mm-hmm. is, in my brain, I'm going, will I watch The Snowman again? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that's where I am with it. Uh, our audience poll, definitely not shit, 0%. Touching oh. cloth, 40%. And shit, 60%. It's kind of more spread out than I thought it would be. It is a little bit, yeah. Um, fair enough. Um, Twitter questions. Let's go. Uh, Black Lands, uh, if you were to exist in the world of one film, but not being any of the on-screen characters, which would it be? Personally, I'd go for Married to the Mob. That's a good shout, actually, that. Uh, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. That's a, that's a fucking good shout, that. You're allowed to exist in the world, but I'm not allowed to be one of the characters. Totoro. Oh, shit, yeah. All right. Fair point, yeah. That's out of left field. Did you just say that because it's literally in front of you? No, because it was always going to be Ghibli, and then I was like, hmm, spirited away. There's lots of food. But then if you eat it, you turn into a pig. No, Totoro. So you, you, you're, you're there for the ramen? I mean, Miyazaki draws some Miyazaki good fucking draws ramen. Miyazaki fucking good ramen. Yeah. Really. That's a fair point. Ooh, the one world. But I'm not allowed to be a character in it. No, you just pick some other looks now. Confusing. Uh, to live and die in LA. Fucking hell, right? Oh, there you <laughs> fucking go. I'm offering no explanation for that. Uh, Rick Kid, at uh, Richard Kid, with only one film released since 2017, and that appeared to be a contractual obligation, is Michael Fassbender a spent force? Yeah. No, two words: Alicia Vikander. Uh, That's why he's spent. Well, <laughs> um, the weird thing is, um, I actually listened to a podcast that has nothing to do with film that he was on where he explained um, his reasoning for why he's not made anything for a while. Go on. Um, this, it, it was a football podcast. Um, and it was a it's a specific podcast that is about Liverpool Football Club uh, that I subscribe to. And it was they do a show that's called um, 
it's like a post-match show and it's a quick reaction to um to, to what's happened in the game bits like that and it was the show after we came back and beat Barcelona 4-0 and they they record it back in normal times they used to record it from in a a bar mm. uh that they that they essentially went out of room and they record it from in there and it's kind of like a little bit of a party for all the contributors and things like that mm. and weirdly michael fassbender was there so because he's a big liverpool fan and they asked him if he'd be on the show and he was like yeah sure and he talks about the football thing and he basically admitted that the reason being why he he said that he, he, he sort of stepped back from acting for a little bit is to because in it's because he said the problem is he said i went from being a job actor that didn't get many jobs and nobody knew me and then i made 300 and i started getting offered loads of work that i panicked and just started saying yes to everything and then just worked for like so many years and then was going oh i could do this and i could do this and i could do this but the problem was i then had the money to do all of these things he said and then being honest had the fame to be able to do these things like go to the monaco grand prix and go to um this liverpool match and do all this he said but i never had the actual time to do it because i was literally going from shooting this film to shooting this film to shooting this film so I was just getting no time off that I just went, do you know what? I'm married, I want to have some kids, and I want to do all of these things that I want to do. So I'm just going to take a few years off. He said, and then I started taking like a few years off, got really into motor racing, and now I'm just really happy doing that for the time being. <laughs> and it's like, fair enough. It's not fair enough. particularly great crop of films towards the well, end he, he, he said uh, you know eventually you know your luck will run out and you're being something crap and that happened a while ago well, yeah he literally went from being in assassin's creed to this he filmed those back to back well he's in this word the snowman that we just what is it i think i think have we seen assassin's creed yeah it's, is it it's, so shy that i've blocked it from memory yeah man he's he's 100 in assassin's creed yeah you you willfully fell asleep during assassin's I creed forced myself to sleep yeah i think i forced myself to sleep when you tried to play the game as well because that's boring as shite as well um so the yeah the game is very boring yeah assassin's creed song to song's not very good either is it alien covenant fuck me the snowman and then x-men dark phoenix not a great crop there. No, it, his post-2015 work was not choice. Mm. Whereas, sort of between... Between 2011 and 2015, and he was in a lot of movies, it, it, there's some really good stuff in there. Mm. And Jonah Hex. I'd like to see him work um, a game with Steve McQueen. Because I think his Steve McQueen work has been the best. Yeah. You know, Hunger, Shame, 12 Years a Slave. He's very, very good in 12 Years a Slave at playing just somebody with no redemptive quality whatsoever. You know, for somebody who seems like a nice guy to be able to play that nasty. He's very good. I've never seen that. Still not seen that. It's bad, though, isn't it? 
it is, but I can see I can see why people would not someone would not want to watch Twelve Years a Slave. Mm. It's not a it's not a pleasant watch. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody nobody wants to sit down on a nice entertaining evening and goes, oh, should we watch Schindler's List? I mean, I do. Says you, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that was our questions. Cool. Good question. Okay, sweet. Yeah, sweet. So we will leave it there. And um, coming up on next week's show, it, it's my favourite. It's my favourite boy. It's Kong. <laughs> and he is going to be joined by Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> also, Chaos Walking is out on PVOD over here from Friday. It is, isn't it? Ooh. I kind of feel like we've got to watch that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've got to watch it as well, you know. Yeah. Do, do you know what's quite interesting? Daisy Ridley recently said that she'd be quite interested in some kind of MCU film. It's like, really? Is really? That you, you want to join another franchise because your other one ran out? <laughs> is, is that because that's basically what the, uh, the, the aim of all young actors is now? Because, you know, cinema's potentially dying who, who knows who's yeah. to say and, apart from logan lerman who literally was asked about you know are you, you know would you like to get one of those and he's like nope one like to be an artist and i'm like i'll watch not agree with him do you think the bad for the cinema he's like no i really enjoy him i just don't want to do that yeah and they're like oh why not he's like i like watching them but just the idea of being in them and being in them for like seven or eight years and then not being able to be anything else is just not why i'm, why I'm doing this and it's like, that's a fair enough answer. But it was literally, they were desperate to try and say, oh, so is it not real acting? He's like, no, they just, I just don't want to be in one. Why is that so difficult to understand? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, we will talk more next week. But until that time, thank you ever so much for joining me, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you ever so much for joining me, Becky. Thanks for hosting. You're very welcome. Go get some food and we are out. Bye. Bye.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>